0: Next, welcome to a new episode of The Light. I'm Scott Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by the ever-unpredictable Detron Edwards and the mythical and diabolical John L. Fellas, what's up, what's good? What's up, what's up, what's up, Scott? Ain't nothing, man. Ain't nothing. Hey, John, man. How you been? How you week been, man? Good, man. Good.
1: You know, just enjoying all the love we've been getting from the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Also enjoying everything uh you know the episodes have been blowing up scott i'm sure you've been noticing it man and kicking it with everybody out there with the comments you know we definitely appreciate that um the t-shirts are going like crazy you know what i mean a lot of, a lot of people are jumping on those you know so my week has been going pretty well man it's, it's been going pretty well what's up with you dad
2: yo yo uh-oh What's going on, Dad? You good? Nah, I'm good. I was just making sure my man my man got in the building because you know, he said he wanted to talk to you guys because he's a fan of the show. Uh oh. So I had to make sure he come out. Uh-oh. Who we got? All right. who hey, yo, introduce yourself. Hello? 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 <laughs> who is this? It's another one you your crazy. You companies. wanna know You wanna know who it is. What's your name, come sir? On. What's your name? My, my name is Scott. What's your it name? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> I am the most electrifying man in sports television. And you're going to sit up there and ask me who I Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me, let me calm this thing down here. Let me tell you something. Finally, The Rock has come back to The Light Podcast. Understand this, sir. My friend asked me to come up. I said, I'm a fan. And millions of rock fans, we'd like to hear what's going on on the Light Podcast. And if anybody doesn't like it, we will make we will lay the smackdown on their Rudy Pooh, any day of the week. Now, I came in just to tell you guys what you're doing is great, but what you need is the Rock. You need someone like me to do the job for you. It's three of you guys on here. What's what's the other guy's name? Uh, uh what's your name, sir? Hello. You mean John? <laughs> Hello. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure all
1: this out. I'm I'm over here. I don't get starstruck, but I'm over here
2: a little starstruck right now. I, I, I'm at I a loss for sure. words. <laughs> I can barely hear you. Talk like a man. All right, anyway, say it with your chest, as uh, Kevin would say. Uh, let, me, let me explain one thing to you. So, with that being said, with the rock backing you, you got nothing but to do the best and hit the stars. So... With that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and let uh, let uh, Deb get back on the show here, and I want to tell you one thing as I leave. Yeah. If you smell what the Light Podcast is cooking, rock out. <inaudible> dead man,
0: dead. What man? Right, man. What you <laughs> What the holy fuck was that?
2: Some people want to come by and hang out with that. I'm gonna, uh, you know.
0: I I'm got a star
2: not, not just in the bathroom
0: Oh my <laughs> goodness
2: Oh my goodness man How, how you been this I, week? You know, I'm joking about mm-hmm. the bathroom. I don't make eye contact with any guy in the bathroom I don't even say hello in the bathroom Even if you're a friend I just not. Oh that's the male code <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. That's the male code right there you don't, you don't talk to anyone Even if you're related to
0: them You yeah. don't talk to anyone in the bathroom man
2: yeah, That's like if I'm in the 7th stall And there's 8 stalls in there Don't walk past the first 6 Or first 5 and sit in the 6th one don't do that. Mm-hmm. You don't smell. You don't smell when I'm pushing out, and you want to come in here. and You want to sit next to me? <laughs>
0: Nasty what?
2: mother. Yeah.
0: It's like the urinal. There's a
2: two urinal gap in between each person. That's the rule, man. Exactly. That's just like sitting in the movie theaters. I got to, I had to tell my son one time. I was like, listen, you and your friend, y'all gotta put a, a a seat between y'all. That's the guy code in the, in the theater. Seat between y'all, unless the theater is packed. You can't do that. Mm-mm. I got you, man. I got you. So, how's your week
0: been, man? How's your week been since since the last time we got together and did this?
2: Ah, my week's been good, man. I love the uh, support on the page. I mean, doing a photo shoot tomorrow night. Uh, hitting, you know, hitting a couple clubs up, doing my thing a little bit. Just got back. I had a little writer's block for a while too, so mm-hmm. to be able to get that back was amazing to me. Like I, I, I don't know what it was. And I was sitting there... You know what it was? Actually, I could tell you what it was. I was listening to... Uh, we actually talked about it. I was listening to um, Patricia O'Neal. And you... Because you had asked me about... Somebody who supposedly stole some of his jokes. And I told you about the comparison. I showed you the the, the YouTube video where she... Stole his jokes, right. but in the comedy business, if you're a joke thief, you're as good as a rat. You're a snitch. I don't, I don't deal with you. After watching that, I started playing some of Patrice's stuff. So it was like a bomb went off in my head, and my, my inspiration just came back. I was like, yo, I had shut down for like a month or two, and now it's like, all right, another dude that this is one of the greatest, as far as I'm concerned, pushed my button and said, I gotta be as good as he is. I gotta be. I gotta excel. And I got back at the table
0: by myself, put some music on, and it was done. But yeah, man, I mean, what you guys think about how our last episode did, the BDP episode, the Criminal Minded, you guys happy with how that's moving?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely moving. Um, I definitely like what everyone's saying about it. I definitely like the fact that people are feeling our opinions on it, mm. you know, because at the end of the day, like we always talk about, it is 100% subjective. Right. You know what I mean? We don't have the magic wand to understand, you know, the ultimate direction and how, what the, you know, there isn't an ultimate truth because at the end of the day, it's art. Right. And art is subjective. Uh, but, you know, KRS, man, you know, no one, I don't care what list you have about hip hop, one cannot have a list without KRS-One number one. This period. Mm-hmm. I mean, you... If you break it down by every hip-hop artist that has been in the game, and you are the pole each and every one of those guys, they're going to tell you that KRS is always going to be the teacher,
0: unsurpassed. Well, the thing that really shocked me though, man, I mean, I don't know why it shocked me, it shouldn't have, that album Criminal Minded came out in 87. Yeah. Right, and the and the response that we got on the fan page and the impact that that album still has, it was like it just came out yesterday, you know. Based on you know the impact, you're talking about a 30 year old album. What do no you doubt, man. What do you say about that? I mean,
1: well, the fact you know, just like you said, it's a 30 year old album. The number of comments that came back with KRS is the number one. KRS was the reason I got into hip hop. KRS was this. KRS is that. KRS. 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 We probably got you know well over a few thousand comments on the Facebook page, uh, you know, for that particular episode. Mm. And I would honestly say, man, there may have been three to four out of all those comments, negative comments, with respect to it. wasn't negative like 100% negative either. It was just well, I thought this artist was a little bit better than KRS, you know, things of that nature. But it was never. KRS isn't the teacher. It was never any of that. You know, the funny thing, man, when you when you look back over the echelon of hip hop over the last 30 plus years, the only person to really always stay the same, stay consistent as far as on message is KRS. He's still trying to elevate the youth. He's still being that teacher. And what I like about him the most is A lot of people compare KRS and Immortal Technique together, you know what I mean, as far as messaging. But the difference between, in my opinion, between Immortal Technique and KRS-One is the fact that KRS-One took his message a little bit more cerebral than what Immortal Technique has done thus far. You understand what I'm saying? Immortal Technique, very conscious rapper, very educated individual. You know, he's definitely on point, but his message hasn't evolved to evolve with the people that he's trying to bring with him. You know, it's kind of like a teacher. Mm. You know, everybody isn't going to get your message, in, you know, when you first put it down. Yeah. But at some point, you're going to have to leave some people behind. And I think that's what KRS-One has done over the years, of course. Right. He's not still talking, you know, criminal minded. And I think that's where Mortal Technique makes one, one small flaw, is the fact that he's still in his original state. He hasn't branched out yet. And elevated his message like a KRS one.
0: I'm so happy you mentioned the Moto Technique, man. I went back, it of course, and, and listened to the to the episode last week. And I mentioned two other rappers that I felt were in the same arena as KRS. I mentioned Talib Kweli and R. A. The Rugged. And I felt mm-hmm. horrible, man, because you got to put Immortal Technique into that same pool of MCs. You know what I mean? Those cerebral, conscious MCs. You know what I mean? And no, I just no, no, no. I, I forgot to mention him, and I felt horrible, man. So I'm so happy that you mentioned him now. It gives me a chance to kind of, you know, make amends for that. But um, Immortal Technique is definitely one of them dudes, man. And um, you know, he has a strong fan base, but it's not the commercial fan base. It's not the the world star. You know what I mean? The the YouTube fan base, the Facebook fan base. You know what I mean? It's 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 the I don't know how the way to say it, man, it's the, you know, those that are ready to receive that type of message, I guess is the best way to put it, you know, and I guess those are the people that we're speaking to, I mean, the listeners, the people that come check us on the fan page, they're they're educated about hip hop, you know what I mean, and there's always like, you know, quite a few that try to impart some of that knowledge, I don't want to really belabor the point, you know, keep on going on about the KRS episode, I mean, I like to to like look forward and whatnot, but, you know, that was such an important, you know, episode for us as a crew, I just want to hit back on it real quick. But um, there's a video making the rounds that, that seems to be a few years old, but the message is still extremely relevant. It had clips from various uh, interviews, the first being Earth Gotti, discussing how he felt. You know, Leo or Cohen disrespected him when they turned in Ja Rule's second album, uh, Rule 336. Have you guys seen that video? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, basically, you know, Leor was saying that the album was too soft, blah, 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 blah. I mean, say what you want. I mean, I'm not really a big fan of Ja Rule. I never was. You know what I mean? But that's not really the point. The point was, is that Leor was basically telling Earth Gotti, you know, to do the album again. You see what I'm saying? Then, setting it up, then basically he was setting him up for failure when he refused to do that. So I think the issue was, or the issue should be, should leo the high-powered studio executive, have that much power and say so over the music and what is released to, to the public for consumption? And then the next big question I have, is there an agenda? Yes, and no, Leo
1: Cohen should not have that much power mm-hmm. over the industry. Mm-hmm. And, or excuse me, not over the industry because he owns a record. Mm-hmm. So I can't take his... Ability to own that record label away from him, right? But what I will say is, no, he should not control the art form. And yes, I do think uh, the second uh, it is yes to the second part of your question. But going back to the first part of your question, with respect to um, you know, should he and I say no is very simple, and I'll just boilerplate it for the podcast listeners. Did anybody tell Michelangelo how to paint the sixteen? 16- Chapel, no, no. Did anybody tell the artist how to do the Mona Lisa? No. anybody tell the anybody tell Picasso how to do his? Any did anyone tell Mozart how to write his music? Those are artists. You got to remember what art is. Art is the expression of someone's inner soul as to how they see the rest of humanity through whatever art medium that they're putting out. People used to get commissioned to do artwork, and the people who would commission them are very rich individuals. So, to tie into the second part of your question, is there an agenda? Yes, there is. Because if art, and music is art, is the expression of one's soul as to how they see humanity, why would you want to control that? Because if you could control the way a person views him or herself, then you could control that individual. And that's the agenda. And then it really exploded once the internet came about. And people's in and social media. So now everybody's connected, everybody's out there, and we're all being inundated by all these different media inlets, in, these media outlets, excuse me, coming into us from various forms. So as a result of that, in order to control the people is you control what they hear, you control what they see, and you control what they think. If I'm always showing you an image of whatever, if I show you the image of a giraffe, and over time I keep telling you that giraffe is a dog. That's a dog, that's a dog, that's a dog, that's a dog. dog. And keep presenting you with giraffes doing dog type stuff. It isn't real, and and we know it isn't real, but if you keep seeing that over and over and over again, you're gonna eventually believe that giraffes are dogs. It's just that simple. They wanna keep the minorities in a position of subservientness and they wanna keep pushing the agenda that you are nothing except for drug dealers. You are nothing except for hoes who can twerk. You are nothing other than what we tell you you are. And unfortunately, there's a large part of our population that believes that. And how do I know that's true? Because you can go on Facebook right now, or you can go on any other social media page, and within probably one or two clicks on your individual timeline, you will see a fight video. You will see a video of somebody or a picture of somebody dressed in a hip-hop fashion. World star. I'm not even saying world star. Yeah. I'm saying a, I'm I'm saying the Doritos commercial because understand it's all tied in together. Remember LL taught us what he did with the Gap commercial in order to help FUBU come along, right? Right. He wore that baseball cap, right? That messaging, the message is out there. You saw LL in a FUBU cap in a Gap commercial. You didn't know all the background stuff, but as an individual, you saw that and said in your mind, the Gap, LL and FUBU are all one entity. They're all together. Gap had to come out later and make a statement about that, that yeah, no, no, this, that, and the other. So they had to set up their lines of delineation between themselves and FUBU. Gotcha. what we haven't done as a culture. We have yet to set up our lines of delineation as to what is hip hop and what is the industry we're we're getting closer we're we're trying and the harder and the more success you have at fighting something that is wrong and or and or unjust the, the closer you get to that resolution the thicker that fight is going to become and that's where we are right now with the inundated uh, with with the industry forcing so many of these hip-hop artists down our throat that aren't real hip-hop artists. Locksmith, who we put on our page, is a certified monster. But these guys are being shut out because the industry want to keep pushing the same message to you. When you look at a Jay-Z and he first started talking about drugs, by the time you get the Jay-Z 2006, maybe one or two cuts on his album are about drugs. See, that's growth. See, that's an artist. And I'm just using him as an example because he's widely accepted and everybody has seen how his game has switched up. Now you go to other artists, from the time they came out to right now today, whether it's a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever the span of their career is, if their message hasn't changed from day one, then their industry. And I hate to pick on these guys because it ain't my type of music. But like when you look at like a Fetty Wap, you look at like a Waka Faka Flam. You and, I, and I hope I got his name wrong. I really hope I didn't get his name right. But I'd never listen to one track of their music ever. But when you look at them and I use those two specifically because Waka Flocka was, you know, he came out, what, three, four years ago, whereas Fetty Wap came out, what, a year ago. Mm-hmm. They're the same individual
0: to me. Yeah, for me, I don't understand how an artist like a Fetty Wap or a Future Gets so much play, get so much burn And an artist like Talib, you know, Immortal R.A. the Rugged, been around for 20 plus And there's just a blip on the radar That just shows you the type of ear that the public has now I mean, there could
2: can... is, it, is it the type of ear is it the damn public school system? Oh, that's another good it, point, yeah That's That's, another you notice, good point. that's a good point <laughs> If you notice over the years, what is, what's happened? We've dumbed things down. When the president talks to people in the country, the president talks to you on an eighth grade level. So what America has ended up doing is dumbing things down. I'm in support of a longer school day in America. In other countries, we're being surpassed. We're, we're dumbing things down in America, and the school system has started to believe in nothing but, but numbers right now. And these kids are not really being taught what they should be taught and what's really right from wrong they're being taught what you know what what mtv or let's not even say mtv what these rap videos are telling them or what these dudes who actually have degrees and I, i've said that before you have a degree but you're out there teaching these kids oh i lived like this i'm, I'm buying this car I'm, I'm doing this and doing that and when you ain't doing them but really renting the car for the video And the money ain't even really real And you ain't doing nothing but drinking sparkling apple cider Like y'all really doing something You you can't fool these kids like that You gotta sit up there and you gotta Tell these kids the real so that these kids understand Let me get my education first Let me do this, let me do that So it's America's Dumbass school system Who's not teaching these kids really right from wrong And showing these kids Listen if you get out there you're supposed to be positive You're not just a number You're supposed to be positive let's not even and I hate to say this but let's not even sit up there and discount uh, Steve Jobs Steve Jobs is one of the reasons why America is smart or well, the world is smart and dumb at the same time how many of these people sit up here and look at the internet and they believe every freaking thing that's on the internet but I just had a discussion when we had started the show I was uh, ending a text uh, that I was going back and forth with someone They uh, there was a video posted A guy sitting up there saying look at this In so and so Michigan um, They're racist up here They got a sign out in front of The club or their bar Saying no colors allowed This and that and See this is in Michigan And look at this and that Now if you look closely at the video It doesn't say no colors allowed It says no colors allowed C-O-L-O-R-S Allowed And it's a biker bar this person sits up there and told me, oh, you're so quick to defend them. No, I'm not so quick to defend them. I'm so quick to educate people because you got to understand this. If you go into my establishment, I'll tell you the same thing anybody else will tell you. No colors. You're in the game. You don't fly your gang colors in here. That's what they're saying on the door No colors So don't be quick to. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro-black all the way But don't be quick to sit up there and start drama And cause an issue when it's not there Looking at the internet thinking Oh, that's what it's supposed to be So there, there in all lies The the dumbness of America And I'm not calling her dumb if she listens to this I'm not calling her dumb But there in lies The dumbing down of America So most of these people who sit up here And they look at these rappers out there And it's like that and let's let's be clear about this. These rappers that are sitting out there saying All you're doing is making fucking excuse me. All you're doing is making syllables sound the same. That's it. Yeah. You're not even there's no it's a beat in syllables. Yeah. A beat in phonetic sounds. That's all you're doing. When America's system didn't listen to it, these kids in America system didn't listen to it and they said, oh, that's that's hot. Only thing you're really saying, you dumb is just the beat is hot because you can't understand his words. Mm. You watched that video like I did. Yeah. I was so... It, I can't say I was angry. I was disgusted at the end of that video because these were young kids. Right. Young kids talking about shooting right. and doing this and doing that and I'll F this and I'll do that and I'll kill you and I'll make money and y'all M efforts... Like really, see, and that's the reason why America. And and take this from that. Take this from hostile to comedian. I have no problem beating a little kid up. I'm serious I'm so serious. I will I will hurt your little kid. I will whoop his ass, put him in the back of my car, take him home to you, and drop him off at the porch and tell you ring your doorbell. He got effed up because you weren't paying attention. Because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So he was out there running the streets and he tried to put his hands on a grown man. And I thug-thumped him. I didn't treat him like a little kid. I thug-thumped him. I let him know what it was going to be like to get his ass whooped in prison or by the cops or someone else that may not care about him enough. But I let him live. Hip-hop as a culture was just
1: recognized, as we talked about in the KRS-One episode, by the United Nations as an actual culture. So if you're still... If... if, a, if people or forces or whatever you want to say want to destroy a certain group of people one of the things you attack is their culture mm-hmm. one of the things that a lot of people used to do back in the day when they used to go and conquer right mm-hmm. let's talk about the moors when the moors would go conquer you know somewhere all right this was just everybody did it not just the moors even england every everybody did what i'm about to tell you they would destroy the history of the people that they conquered. Because if you allow a person's history to sustain after you try to annihilate those individuals, then they're going to be resurrected through their history at some point in time. It's just that simple. So the industry, you know, to bring it full circle, by them hijacking the culture of hip hop. Remember, hip hop didn't start at the industry. Hip hop started in the community. Then the industry came and then the community went, started selling it. The industry saw they can make a little money. Now here we are today, 31 years later, and hip hop is the largest art form recognized on the face of this planet. And it is the number one selling music throughout the globe. You're also gonna see imaging. And that, that imaging is the second part of that. Is it by design? through the lyrics that they're only allowing certain MCs, you gotta put nigger at the end of every word or at the end of every sentence you gotta have nigger in your hook but then you go to these freaking artists and it's very easy most artists do have a history most of them you can and with the internet and things of that nature you can YouTube your history and you can see like how Drake started off barely using the word nigger got hooked up with young money and two albums later there's a nigga he, he can't when he breathes he says nigga hmm.
2: I would slap Drake just for that right there I'm sorry it just,
1: <laughs> don't, but how can I slap him no no seriously how can I how can I fault Drake for making that money you understand what I'm saying if because in the midst of all that in the midst of all that everybody's trying
2: to be businessmen and when my nobody wife, tells him but if nobody tells him or corrects him then it's our fault for not singing that
1: Man, he's a grown-ass man. I ain't got to correct that man for nothing. What he th- what he does doesn't have an impact on me unless I allow it to. And see, that's where you were talking about that with that school piece. And like you said about that one comedian, you said, he, you know, it's the parents who beat the parents' asses. Because the parents are the one who are really failing. Because when I first started listening to hip-hop, when hip-hop came out with Rapper's Delight, you know what I mean? And I, my mom sat me down. And told me, understand, this is just entertainment. This is no different than Michael Jackson singing about whatever, you know, dancing machine. There ain't no dancing machine out there. Really, is there? There ain't no machine that dances, right? Right. Okay, cool. You can accept that. Then accept the fact that no one's running around selling 18 bricks of coke and singing about it. They may have known somebody who did, Mm -hmm. but they're not doing it. So don't go out there and try to emulate what the hell they're saying. Because the person they're talking about who did it is either in prison or dead. Or on their way. Or on their way. Oh, right. Yeah. Or a combination of the two, right? right? Right. You know what I mean? Because as we already discussed with the Jay-Z episode, mm-hmm. the game makes orphans out of us all.
0: Right. So the last thing I want to talk about this video, and I knew it was going to be fiery. I, I definitely knew that. I knew it was going to be controversial. Was the second part. The second part of that video. There was an interview with Scarface. And um, what he had to say was extremely impactful. I mean... But you had to expect that coming from Face, right? His issue was that he feels that there's a conspiracy in play to remove hip hop from its foundation and turn it into something else, kind of similar to what happened with Chuck Berry in Rock and Roll, right? He, exactly. Yeah, he implored new artists getting started to maintain the integrity of the art form. Now, where have you heard that before? You know what I mean? I mean, Scarface is one of them guys, he's been around this game for a long time.
3: Let me say this shit right, because I want this to be as offensive as I can fucking make it. Because you put out fucking records that make us look stupid. Man, all, all I can say to, to the upcoming artists, man, the advice that I have for them is to, to respect the craft, uphold the integrity of the, the craft, man. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't let these people um, uh, dictate on dictate what we hear, you know, dictate what we we see, you know, in hip hop. You know, it's our culture. Like, stay the fuck out of it. You know what I mean? Like, this is our shit. And I, I just feel fucked up when a old ass, 75 year old dude that ain't never been to the to the neighborhood, to that you know, to embrace this culture, or ever, to try to dictate what's hot, you know, and what's not. Like, I don't, that, like that's the that that's, that's what I want the youngsters to do, man. Protect the integrity of the craft. That way we can maintain, you know, where it's supposed to be. Because without that, you know, like I say, in 25 years, you know, hip hop will have a new face and a new hero. You know, like Rock and Roll got a new face and a new hero. You feel me? Like, like, let's save and preserve this shit. Otherwise, Elvis gonna be you know face on hip-hop <laughs> seriously
0: the fact that he said that meant a lot to me man you know and that's exactly what we say here on the show right and we touched on that on that very topic just now here in the intro i mean and also during previous shows you know how now everyone wants to talk about guns drugs and bitches but what happened to the upliftment what happened to all of that what happened to the consciousness i mean are we because they don't want that yeah, exactly. And it's not us It's it's not us
1: because you look at somebody And I don't mean to call this artist like a one hit wonder So please don't take it like that But they just have a real long career But when you look at someone who puts out knowledge mm-hmm. You look at like uh, poor righteous teachers You look at like an X clan You look at like even a KRS-One mm-hmm. The only reason why In my humble opinion that KRS-One Is still relevant today And I hope no one gets mad at me For saying this is because of his earlier works and people like us keeping him relevant. Mm-hmm. But the music industry has been trying to silence KRS-One since he came out. And to some degree they have silenced Chuck D and P.E. So I think Scarface was 100% correct because as KRS-One said, if the music has the power to uh, you know, tear down, it has the power to uplift. Right. They know that. How can we make this music less legitimate? Let's make it, a. let's take it back to the gimmick that we first thought it was when we were sitting in RCA's boardroom laughing at this little rapper's like, Yeah, you know, yeah, that's so-and-so's little nephew over there. Give him 500000 mm. What the heck? Mm. We, we, we need a tax write-off. That rapper's delight thing ain't going to be anything. They'll listen to it. The revolution will not be televised. It'll be a nice little... You know, something they'll talk about around, it ain't gonna be anything. Mm-hmm. And here we are 31 years later. Sad, isn't it? And, I mean. And how do you put the toothpaste back in the tooth? Yeah. Because you still have control. Now, see, this is where I hold the hip hop artists in very strong, how can I say, I'm very angry at all the top hip hop artists, every single one of them. Even though I like them, even though I bump their music, I'm talking about the KRS's, I'm talking about the Nas, I'm talking about the Jay-Z's. Because, and this goes back, you know, way back, and I'm not gonna go too deep, but this goes back to just, you know, that whole slave mentality. Whereas with all of these artists singing about all these hundreds of millions and jewels and all this money that they that they have individually, how come they can't see the fact that the people they work for started working collectively to become larger individuals? Because a high tide lifts all boats. Now, if I can do that with me, you, and debt and our crew, when me, you, and debt blow up and we see another me, you, and debt doing something that we're doing and it's positive, why can't we connect now become, instead of three, become six? Because that's what RCA did to become RCA. RCA didn't start off as RCA. Columbia Records didn't start off as Columbia Records. Atlanta Records didn't start off as Atlanta Records. Those individuals started off working for somebody, but then they started pulling their resources together. They said, why don't we just control it ourselves? Give the ownership of the music back to the artists versus away from these corporate titans. Because like Scarface said, what does a Jewish 75-year-old man know about what's going on in a club for 20 and 25-year-olds? Mm-hmm. He has no relevance. You need that internal knowledge to be able to truly yeah. say what that individual needs.
0: I feel you on that, man. And the the last thing I want to say on, on this, man, before we move on to uh, to the rest of the show, is you know it, it's just so it's so sad to me, man, because we're so far removed, you know, from what hip hop. Started out as what the original intent was, what the integrity of it is. That artists have to go underground, they got to go indie to release messages of upliftment, consciousness, and positivity, for the most part. Except- I mean, what's fucking with that, man? You know, what doesn't I'm make it. Nah, nah. But um, you know, moving on, moving on. This week we have no choice. We've got no choice, y'all. We have to follow up last week's episode on BDP's Criminal Minded with a group that was just as influential and who had an MC that in my opinion was on par with the lyrical abilities of KRS. Eric B and Rakim are proclaimed by some to be the greatest duo in hip hop history. There's no denying Eric's production skills and his ability to pick dope loops, bass lines and soulful riffs. He no doubt influenced the likes of Pete Rock and Primo with his style, but it was Rock Kim and his methodical intelligent delivery that had everybody squinting their faces at his use of metaphors and embedded double rhyming techniques. His voice was, it was like a jazz instrument and we knew right away that he was something different. He spoke with a level of spirituality and street knowledge that we hadn't really seen before. He's next level and he's even he's so next level he's next level even now in 2016. i mean think about that for a second right i mean eric b provided the perfect backdrop for his supreme mc and his message and uh we just couldn't get enough so paid in full their debut album while kind of short is considered to be one of the greatest albums of all time records like my melody and eric b as president highlighted the duo's complexity And contrasted with the high energy delivery of MCs like KRS and Chuck D at the time. So we're going to sit back and discuss each track and do our best to highlight the impact of the seminal group. And why Rakim is still viewed as the measuring stick. You're listening to the Light Podcast. And as always, you can reach us on Twitter, at the Light Podcast, or on our Facebook page. Just search for the Light Podcast and drop us a message. We always respond and we always show love. Now. A little knowledge for your brains.
4: Cool, cool. cause I don't cool. get upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet, then I jet. back then to I the drip. lab without a mic to grab. So then I add all the rhymes I had one after the other one. Then I make another one another. to diss the opposite. Then ask if the brother's done. I get a craving like I fiend for nicotine, but I don't need a cigarette. Know what I mean? What I'm mean. raging, flipping mean. up the stage, and don't it sound amazing? Cause every rhyme is made in thought of, cause it's sort of an addiction. Magnetized, Magnetized by the mixing Magnetized. Vocals, vocabulary, and verses just stuck in The mic is a drain, Volcanoes erupting Rhymes overflowing Gradually growing Everything is written in the code so it can coincide My thoughts to God 48 tracks to slide The unvincible microphone theme rock him Spread the word, cause I'm N-E-F-F-E-C-T A smooth operator operating correctly But back to the problem, I gotta have it you can't solve it, silly rabbit. The prescription is a hypertone. that's when I fiend for a microphone like heroin. heroin. Soon as the bass kicks, I need a fix. Give me a stage and a mic and a mix and I'll put you in the mood. Or is it a state of unawareness? Beware, it's the reanimator. re-animator. A minister, to a microphone, a lethal weapon, or assassinator. If the people ain't stepping, you'll see a part of me that you never seen. When i fiendin' for a microphone, I'm the microphone fiend. After 12, I'm worse than a Trembling. feed me hip hop and i start trembling, the thrill of suspense is intense, you're horrified, but this ain't the cinemas of tales from the dark side, by any means necessary, this is what has to be done, make way, cause here I come, my DJ comes material. gran Granipirio, it's a must that I'm bust, any mic you hand to me? It's inherited, it runs in the family. I wrote the rhyme wrote, that broke the bull's back. If that don't slow them up, I carry a full pack. Now I don't want to have to let off. You should have kept off. You didn't keep the stage warm. Step off, step ladies step and on. gentlemen. You're about to see. A pastime hobby about to be Taken to the maximum I can't relax, see I'm hype as a hypochondriac Cause the rap be one Rappy, Hell of an ant You dope something You can't smoke more than dope You try to move away but you can't You broke more than cracked up You should have backed up For those that act up Need to be more than smacked up Any entertainer I gotta talk to chamber one on one And I'm the remainder So close remainder. your eyes and hold your breath, breath And I'ma breath. hit you with the blow of death, death Before death. you go you remember your scene the fiend of a microphone, I'm the microphone I'm the mic- fiend. I'm the microphone fiend. The microphone fiend. The mic. The mic. The mic. The The microphone fiend.
2: As we sit up here on Black History Month, I'd like to give two parts of Black history before I start the hip hop history. To all of our D.C. listeners, this one especially goes out to you. February 2nd in 1862, the District of Columbia abolished slavery. So that is D.C. in itself standing up saying, look, that won't happen here. Now, the second thing that I'd like to put out there as far as the black history, 1839, an inventor by the name of Edmund Berger, patent the spark plug if you do your history the model t the first car in america came out uh shortly after that maybe a year or two after that so the spark plug had a big big part on the model t and the invention of us getting back and forth faster in america and today in hip-hop history and I, i love this one because i'm from jersey know some of the people they've been around hung around to myself uh, the the leader of the group pretty much to me was a big influence on hip-hop as a whole back then the female in the group was even a bigger influence on hip-hop and some of the ladies in hip-hop that she became such a legend the fugees released their debut album blunted on reality in february 1st 1994 One of the hottest albums to hit the streets back then The Fugees, without a doubt One of the hottest albums to come out of Jersey To come out of this country To influence Haiti Lauryn Hill, very gifted singer, very gifted rapper I had the pleasure of being there one time When she was freestyling off the top of the head So I'm gonna tell you, this group was fierce Today in hip hop history, February 1st, 1994, the Fugees released their debut album, Blunted on Reality. Peace.
4: I don't puff, it, so I always got my breath. Never had to battle with a bulletproof vest. They call me cock-weeful, but I still came the chest. I know what Jerry Girls because I'm not from the West. Don't no disrespect to the West, Truman T. I rock it to the East, the East is the Sea. The seed of them days back, your skits and hot tracks. Magic, things are getting tragic Now we on some new stuff I never fit the clue, Klux My own clan is acting up I blame it on the Philly Bluff What's your crew to do? Kids are acting Ooh, it's getting mad, up Yo, it's the corporate night i the Mr. Three-Piece suit Check the square root. Your bones and tibbley boots Nah, that's the surface And all the bomb dudes has got a heck full of problems in the hand full of nappy roots I feel it, Jones, coming down Yo, wife got the slang to make this
1: what's going on so listen up everybody we're gonna like we like i've said before you know we don't like to do the typical current events you know who who shot who and you know what i mean who's beefing with who everybody already knows that i mean you can find that out on facebook right all right, now Scott, we had some conversations offline mm-hmm. about wanting to do something like a cipher, right? And when we were talking about doing this Rockem episode, we were like, okay, so how do we do that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and because we feel that Arc that Rockem KRS One. You know the real pioneers or the the titans the grandmaster flashes you know those type cats the titans of hip-hop you know how could we do a cypher that they would be proud of because we are talking about the hip-hop golden age and we are the light podcast who, and we're
0: illuminating all the real hip-hop and we don't want that fake stuff right scott no doubt no doubt i mean it's something that we talk about every single week man and hopefully you know the message permeates you know what i mean because I mean, I I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it's it's just real frustrating. You know what I mean? Because this is something that we take serious, man. So,
1: No doubt. Mm -hmm. So in honor of Rakim, in honor of KRS-One, you know, the ones who did it the right way, you know what I mean? We're going to call our cypher the Raw Cypher.
3: Okay. All
1: right? I like to. So anytime somebody pop up on our mic, we're not going to do it often, but anytime someone pops up on our mic, we're going to say we're going to get it down in the Raw Cypher. The way hip hop was set up in that battle format, you know what I mean? That's what we want to do. Because we want to keep illuminating the real hip hop and let's keep squashing out, let's keep weeding out all these fakes. So, uh, I got somebody over here with me, Scott. You know, because I'm from Pittsburgh, I had to start with Pittsburgh. So I came across this—I came across this kid, man. I liked the way he was flowing. I liked what the kid was saying, mm-hmm. because he was talking about what the framers, what the titans of hip hop used to talk about—that real hip hop, that socially conscious hip hop. He really got my ear, and his name's Famous. Yo, Fame, you there? Yeah, yeah. So what's up? Um, why don't you uh, give The Light Podcast listeners just a little bit of um, who you are, where you're from, so they can know who you are.
5: My name's Abdul Eberhard. Um, I'm actually from Pittsburgh. Um, it's we said that's, that's like the outskirts of it, but I'm still repping Pittsburgh. Um, I'm 25 years old. I definitely like the flow. I basically just, just ran with uh, a squad called the Track Addicts. And I've basically been doing music with them for about eight years. Um, then I got my own squad, Krishan Smith, Getty. So I'm looking to just push my music out there and get it out there so people can hear me and they can hear an actual artist who can actually rap. You know what I'm saying? I
1: don't. I got you. I don't. Yeah. I got you. So uh, let me ask you this, though. Um, do
5: you consider hip hop an art form? Uh, I definitely do. All right. And uh, why is that? because art is an expression of oneself. So it's like emotions, you know, a v- visual and what's, what's going on in their minds. So they express that to music and wordplay alone.
1: I feel you, know, you. I feel Yeah. It. So you yourself have drawn on some of your own inspirations to kind of get out what you were thinking inside is what you're saying, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, nice. That authenticity piece is really important.
0: My question for you man is like who was your who was your major influence? Like what made you want to do this? Who in the game influenced you to talk about the things that you talk about?
5: Oh that's that's an easy one. I, I I'd have to say G unit. You know, fifty banks, you know, Buck, yeah, all them. Uh okay. I've been listening to Fifty since I was twelve years old, okay. you know. Um, then I, then there was Pat Poos and then there was Fabulous, mm. Styles P, Royce the 5-9, the, the, that particular top five. And if I had to go back to the eighties, I'd go, i go Rock Kim, Slick Rick and Big Daddy Kane. Nice. You know, I like, nice. Yeah. I like, I like to hear that lyrical stuff.
1: And you know, the, and the best thing about art, you know what I'm saying, is the fact that it is subjective, mm-hmm. you know, you can get a hundred people to look at the Mona Lisa and you can get 100 people to listen to Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. And you're going to get 100 different opinions about each one of those forms of art. It's just that simple. The artists that you picked from the 80s, some of those ones from the 90s. I may have to challenge you on some of the ones from the
5: 90s, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> word, word. But with, but with that being said, how do you plan on paying back the game.
5: I feel like, and this has been actually something that's been on my mind, I feel like giving back to the game would be, you know, maybe I should, like, open up, like, buy a little building, open up a little studio for for just people who like to, you know, do music, to keep, to keep the little ones out of trouble. You know, i never really actually thought about it all like that because i never really, you know, I just always thought I would just be doing this.
1: That's really hard to answer. No, nah, <laughs> nah, actually, actually, you gave a great answer because yeah. in the end, the answer you gave is you're doing it for the love. You're not. Because I
5: guess that all comes organically, you know. Right. I, don't, exactly. I, I, I really couldn't answer. So it's like I wouldn't know from now, you know.
1: So basically, you're saying you gotta wait till you get there, right?
5: <laughs> yeah, I guess only, yeah, yeah, basically. You know, I can't see this, and then, because the time changes, you know what I'm saying? Things change. I
1: got you. So, so with that being said, this can't be a cipher without some bars.
5: Oh, <laughs> oh. This oh, cannot
1: course, be, man, we gotta put him on the spot. No doubt. You know what I mean? With the lunch table and, uh, and the pencil in your hand.
5: Whenever you're <laughs> ready, bro, it's yours. Yeah, uh, acapella, acapella, something good. Uh, yeah, check me out. Check me. The perfect plan. What they're giving, what they wanted. Lyricism and skill. All I do is keep it 100. I have better things to do than stay blunted. Sitting around the house all day, doing nothing. Well, I'd rather be constructing. Send a positive message to the people, especially the youngins. Spread the word. The streets will be flooded with the mixtape, take over. Reach the public. Maybe that'll purify the nonsense. Think a little write of verbal knowledge for your conscience. Mr. New and all. Though I never went to college. But I'm still schooling MC. at MCs. Just fail on rap Let's be honest. When nah, I'm not intended to think you were trash. Disrespecting the culture. You hardly can grasp. The art of hip-hop flow. Poetry with clown class. No wax stuff allowed at the White Podcast. So I'm ready for to- so whatever or Waste me in the future Focus me on the ball With a sound that's newer Fame the play king That's far from a rumor Recite a coke 16 And 8 I'll consume ya To be honest I can make it even sooner Lying you with a punch Crook as Roy Jones Jr. Therefore, I'm not to be taken like the news i momentarily gonna find out for what I'll do to you. So think about the new bruh Then again, I better be the last time you assume, huh? Peace to a flow, I howl like the lunar Morphin finish up deadly heavy steps when I maneuver Famous <laughs> Alright, podcast
1: listeners <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Famous We definitely appreciate you, man yeah. um, Listen, you keep bringing the real. You keep doing your thing and, uh, you know, hopefully one day, you know, you never know what can happen, man. Hey, listen, stay tuned to the Light Podcast thing because uh, we're going to be doing something special in Pittsburgh because mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to a couple other artists out of the area. You know what I mean? And yeah. we going give them the same opportunity that I, that, that I gave you. And then uh, as we move around the country, uh, podcast listeners, we're going to open up this opportunity to others as well. Again, we're not here to break artists. That's not what mm-hmm. we do. But what we are here to do is talk about what is real hip hop. So when you're a hip hop artist and you're trying to get into the game, focus on what you need to focus on and not just tearing down the culture, but uplifting the culture. Three minus
4: four. I ain't no joke, I used to let the mic smoke, now I slam it when I'm done to make sure it's broke, when I'm gone no one gets on, cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set, I like to stand in a crowd, and watch the people wonder, damn, but think about a thing you understand, I'm just an addict, addicted to music, maybe it's a habit, I gotta use it, even if it's jazz or the quiet storm, I hook a beat up, convert it into hip hop form, write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in, deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian, jokers are wild, if you wanna be. I treat you like a child, and you're gonna be named another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I just put your mind on pause, and I complete when you compare my rhyme with yours. I wake you up, and as I stare in your face, you seem stunned. Remember me, the one you got your idea from. But soon you start to suffer. The tuna get rougher when you start to stutter. That's when you had enough of biting. It'll make you choke. You can't provoke, you can't cope. You should have broke because I ain't no joke.
0: All right, fellas, here we go. Just get it in the review. Eric being and Rock Kim, paid in full. So listen, first thing I want to say is this, you know, we can get into many different things with regard to this album and the artists and all that. So the first thing I want to concentrate on here before we even get into the album is the artist. I mean, like I was, like I said, during the intro, I mean, we really have no choice. I mean, you gotta follow KRS with somebody of the magnitude of the Rock Kim. Now, that being said, if I was, you know, if I had the power, you know what I mean, and if I had the ability to go into the lab and build and create the perfect MC, I mean, from top to bottom, look, style, sound, you know, ability, I think you come out of the lab with somebody like a Rock Kim. Without question.
1: Without question. Mm -hmm. Because when you break down his lyrics, when you break down his flow, and that duo right there oof my goodness it's it's hard not to say that they that they're not the best duo ever to touch the mic man i mean rock rock kim himself is just crazy
0: man crazy Yeah, and what you said right there the best duo in hip hop history like when you say it it sounds controversial right when you first say that it's like yo what the fuck is he talking about you know what i mean but right. Then, right, right. but then when you actually start thinking about what you just said right eric being rock kim the best duo in hip hop history after about 10 seconds you're like, well, yeah, shit, yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, you think about the other duels that are out there, and then you stack them up against Eric B. and Rakim. I mean, you have a you have an argument on your hands. And at the same time, you know, and we just came
1: off that monster episode with you know KRS-One and Scott rock mm-hmm. I consider them. A, I consider KRS-One the best lyricist of all times, the best hip hop all time. Period. He is number one. Mm-hmm. But because their situation, him and Scott LaRock, was cut tragically short, Mm -hmm. you didn't get a chance to see that whole thing materialize over a period of time like you got to see Eric B and Raquel. So I don't want the podcast listeners to sit there and say, "Wait a minute! Last week you said you know KRS was the best," and this I still find him to be the best. Okay. But when you when I'm talking about like duos, I'm looking at that longevity. They did a few albums together, so on and so forth. I gotta give the nod to Eric B. and Rakim.
0: Got gotcha. you. And just to recap what you said about KRS being the best. Now let me preface this by saying I agree. You know what I mean? But if I was sitting here and argue with you about who was the best. I would argue with you with Rakim. And that would be I think the only other MC that you could do that with. Rakim's rhyming style is unprecedented. You know what I mean? The way the way he lays out his his verses is 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 crazy. The embedded rhymes, the way he stacks his material is is crazy. Oh man. It's crazy. It's I crazy. I don't think anyone now could even do that. Nah. Nah, and, and
1: and I think if an artist tried to come around and try to do it, mm-hmm. they would have to come off real they have to come off real heavy. Yeah. I thought for the initial run of Nas that he was going to be like that J, or excuse me, like that uh KRS or Rakim more even towards like the rock Him, but then after his first LP you know that he he switched it up, mm-hmm. so uh, you know it, to me Nas was the closest. Okay, not, and I don't want to say emulate, but just have that Rakim essence.
0: Gotcha. When I talk about Rakim and KRS being at the number one spot, the reason why I say that, man, is because when you talk about the essence of hip hop, right? You talk about you know from a message standpoint, from a from a from a lyrical standpoint, you know it doesn't get more complex it doesn't get more more complex more sophisticated more cerebral than than artists like like a KRS like a Rakim like a Lauryn Hill you mentioned the Fugees, and i agree with you there when you start mentioning artists like that like a Lauryn Hill like a Ghostface killer if you really want right, to right, if, right. if if you really want to if you really want to expand your mind just listen to listen to impossible you know off that woo joint with and listen to Ghost verse on that from a, from a complexity standpoint, when I look at lyrics, when I look at how an artist like Rakim stacks his lyrics together, you know, and how he structures his rhymes, I mean, that's next level like a motherfucker, man. I mean, I don't see nobody doing that outside of, nobody. Outside of you know... I mean, Big was good at that. Big could structure his rhymes. I mean, that was some craziness right there. I mean, just look at... Let's go into I Ain't No Joke. I mean, let's look at, you know... One of the lines there, I mean, listen to how he structures this. and So I can kind of explain what I'm saying. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration because I'm no comedian. I mean, do you see how he structured his rhymes right there? I mean, they're embedded. No doubt. They're embedded, you know what I'm saying, in, in one line. That, that, takes, that takes a level of skill and complexity that I would say, you put a room of 100 rappers, I'm going to call them rappers. You put a room of 100 rappers in a room, I would say maybe one or two of them can do that.
2: Incredible. When you okay. look at, the, mm-hmm. you go into one part where he says, uh, even if it's jazz or a quiet storm, mm-hmm. I hook a beat up, converted into hip hop form. And for those that uh, are listening and may not know what the quiet storm is, the quiet storm on the radio stations in New York and New Jersey. But The Quiet Storm is usually when they play the the slow music, the soft music that you want to play with you and your woman drinking wine and eating grapes and cheese. Mm. That's what The Quiet Storm is about. So when he sits up there and says, jazz or The Quiet Storm, and he turns it into hip-hop form, he's telling you, listen, I turn that that music that just keeps your head bobbing like jazz does and makes you feel good into that Quiet Storm, and that Quiet Storm, mix it all together. The Quiet Storm where you in love, mm-hmm. mix it all together and turn it into hip-hop form. So you want to bop your head to it, and you want to be in love with it at the same time and turn it into hip-hop form. That's what he does. So the hip-hop form to him was love, bop your head to it, enjoy my music. But, I mean, now first, let's just break it down
1: and talk about who Rockem is okay. and how Rockem came to be. Perfect. All right? And I, and I, and I know we jump right into paid and in fool, you know what I mean? Sorry, Rob, I gotta, I gotta give out your uh, government name, but his name is William Michael Griffin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how he came to be, and I'll boilerplate it for everyone real quick, is his whole persona, he's a very sp- intellectually spiritual individual. So he took his name from a spiritual and intellectual plane. He didn't just make it up and say, oh, that sounds kind of hard. You understand what I'm saying? So when you look at his lyrics, and like you said, Scott, how he stacks them, you know what I mean, how he arranges everything throughout the entire cut, he says it, he can say it better than I can. Mm -hmm. You like to exaggerate, dream, and imagine So basically right there he's talking about all the MCs out there who who want to lie and try to be something that they're not. Mm -hmm. And then he just kills them with they think that I'm a new Jack but only if they knew that. Mm-hmm. They who think wrong are they who can't do that. So he told you who, again, who's questioning him are those fake MCs because I've studied this. Mm-hmm. I've studied what I'm here putting down through this art form known as hip-hop. Right. I've, I've studied the Quran. I've studied the chinese symbols this is this is i've studied the ways of peace this is this is who i am and this is what i'm bringing to you on wax right you know what i mean and that's why he tells you from the very beginning the very first cut what did we say about a couple of those pioneers a couple of those titans before scott like the jay-z's and the nazis that very first cut they always do what they always tell you who the hell they are
0: exactly Gotta, go. that,
1: that very first cut you like you said box. if you're ever in a battle right mm-hmm. and what did you say Scott if you're ever in a battle and someone starts that battle with listen <laughs> <laughs> you know you're about to get flamed yeah. you understand what I'm saying you mm-hmm. know you're about to get that heat put to you mm-hmm. so when he starts off his, the name of his album I'm paid in full and at the time let's talk about the time because this came out in 87 nobody was making any money in hip hop not nobody, but a lot of people were. The hip-hop game wasn't as lucrative as it, was, as it is today back in 87. You had your top premier cats, the LLs, the Run-DMC's, you know, Grandmaster Flash and those cats. While they made some money, they didn't make a lot of money. So when he drops an album that says, I'm paid in full, and the first cut says, I ain't no joke, and then he's ending off his last verse they think, or excuse me, when he goes into his second verse and, and he's telling you, they think that I'm a new jack. <laughs> but they don't even know what I'm talking about yet. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe a lot of cats who listen to this paid in full, and I ain't no joke, it, it took them a while to catch up to it. No doubt. No. I honestly believe that, man. No doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. And we all have our favorite Rock Hymn verse, and I got to give it to you like only one of the truest New Yorkers can give it to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? DMX is a huge Rakim Fiend. He recited Microphone Fiend the entire thing. Right in, right in front of Rakim. Broke it broke it down. But Rockham in 30 seconds or less. Stop bugging. A brother said, dig him. I never dug him. He couldn't follow the leader long enough, so I drug him.
0: There it is. There it is right there. I mean, like you mentioned before, he checked the box right here. He checked the box. He told you on track one, on track one of this LP, he told you who he was and what he was about and that he wasn't no joke. You know, this was Rakim's intro to the hip-hop game. It was like, it was like watching a movie, you know what I'm saying? And Rakim's character is the ultimate villain, you know, not to the public but to the hip-hop game. I mean, my thing is, how do, you listen, how do you listen to a track like this? I mean, you're just getting started, right? You're just getting started in the game just like him. But how do you listen to a track like this and still decide to become an MC if you're not on this level right here? I think if I was deciding to become an MC, you know you know what? I want to rap. I want to do that. And then I play I Ain't No Joke and I listen to how this guy breaks down each of his bars. I, I think I'm getting a little intimidated, man, because, I mean, that verse that you recited is one of my favorites, actually, right? I mean, just to continue on what you were saying, he was like, They think they who think wrong are they who can't do that. Style that I'm doing, they might ruin patterns of paragraphs based on you and do you see how he's continuing Come on, each line and then and then starting over on the next line with the continuation of the previous and then working on, and then working that into the rhyme itself. Please. This guy understands the structure of poetry, and he understands meter, he understands time, you see what I mean? A lot, right, of these, right. a lot of these artists, they don't take the time to study their craft like that. For example, Big, Lauren Hill, you know what I mean? Those are artists, in my opinion, that are that understand their craft, their voices, they're, they're like instruments, you know, Rakim is like a jazz instrument, right, you know right. what I'm saying? Their voice is an instrument, it's not, it's not Dr. Seuss, you know what I mean? This is, this is, this is more than Shakespeare. It's, it's like, you know, it's like Langston Hughes Shakespeare with the, with the trumpet. You see what I'm saying? And they're riffing along with the perfect backdrop that Eric B. provided. And to, and to me, that's just ridiculous right there. I mean, it's just, you uh, know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's
1: crazy. It's, it's crazy, man. And then, and then how he finishes off verse, verse three, man, is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Because because how, how, what he tells you at the very end of, <laughs> I ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. He's going to take you on a walk through hell. Hell is hot. But he's gonna freeze your dome because back in the, back in eighty seven we used to say people were cold. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When when they were just thoroughly legit, we say they were cold. You know what I mean? So I want to take you on a walk through hell, freeze your dome, watch your eyeball swell. And now here's where he takes you on that spiritual plane. Mm-hmm. Guide you out of a out of triple stage darkness. Everybody know Rob's a five percenter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That triple, that triple stage of darkness is a term used by the followers of the 5% Nation, meaning men, uh, mentally deaf, dumb, and blind. Mm-hmm. You know, so what he's trying to do right here when he's telling you I ain't no joke, he's trying to tell you from the very beginning, I ain't no joke by how I put this microphone down. I ain't no joke by how I put this knowledge down. And I ain't no joke to this industry
0: because I want to take this industry over right now. I'm serving notice. No doubt, man. I'm gonna give y'all a couple more lines and then I'm I'm gonna expand on it real quick. He said, another enemy, not even a friend of me, because you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be. Now, this is why I say Rakim is next level. This is, you know, hear me out real quick. You take another artist, pick anyone, any artist, any artist, and you start going through their tracks, you start going through their lines, and you start repeating them and reciting them. It's cool. But with Rakim, you can't, You can't recite one of his lines. You can't do it. And not sound and not sound whack. You know what I'm saying? He he's on a level where only he can recite his own lines. Nobody can nobody can mimic him. We can sit here and read his and read his his verses back, but it don't sound like when he does it. It just doesn't.
1: Nah, man, because like you said, we're not going to have that tempo and that melody to our voice. Thank you. You know, his voice, like you said, is that instrument, right? Yeah. yeah. His his voice is an added instrument to the track, right? And he has one of those very un- unique melodic voices that don't get, um, it doesn't get boring to the ear. No. You understand what I'm saying? No. It's like it's like Guru, right? Ra had that tone, man, that, it was just so smooth, man. It was it was it was so smooth, it just laid right on top of the track like silk, man.
0: I'm a huge Miles Davis fan. I think Miles Davis is one of the greatest I, yep. jazz on. musicians of all time. So let's go back to the 50s and the sixties, right? One of his most popular tracks is called So What, right? It's Miles Davis and John Coltrane. Right. Right? right? So they're playing So What? Miles Davis and Coltrane. They're reading their sheet music there. Whether they're reading it is another situation. But let's say I had the ability to document Miles Davis and Coltrane doing so what? And I gave you, you were also a talented jazz trumpeter and I gave you so what on sheet music. When you played it back, it would sound like shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> no doubt. It would. No doubt, man. It would. It would sound like complete shit. Right. I compare that to Rakim. You write down gotcha. Rakim's lyrics on a piece of paper and you give it to you know, Joe Schmoe, hip hop artist, you pick one anyone and give it to him, and you throw the Eric B beat on the background, and tell him to go, it's gonna sound like complete horseshit. You can't do it. You can't do it. You cannot duplicate this, man.
1: Certain artists, certain artists are un you you just can't mimic them. It's like Richard Pryor is so great as a comedian because of his timing, right? You can't imitate his comedic timing and how he tells that story. Nah. Now you can try and you may get out of a room of 100, you may get 60, 70 people laughing at you, whereas Richard Pryor is going to get everybody in that room laughing and everybody outside on the street laughing as well, because of because how th- it's it's that certain genèse quoi. It's, it,
0: you just can't explain it. You know, I challenge any any MC, anyone who calls themselves anybody that got the balls to call themselves an MC, especially now. There's a whole lot of rappers out right now. You see what I'm saying? But if you got the balls to call yourself an MC. Go download the lyrics for I Ain't No Joke and try it. Just try it. And try to deliver it with the same cadence, with the same style, with the same melody as Rakim. If you pull it off, which I know you won't, if if you can pull it off, then I'll give you the utmost respect. Listen, listen,
1: man. You're trying to. You're setting people up to fail. I know. That's the point. Don't that, even. That's the point. Don't even, <laughs> don't even, point, John. Don't even do that, man. Don't that's, even do that, man. That's the point. That's, nah, man. That ain't. That ain't. Bro, that ain't. There's. There's. There is no way. That's. That's. That's kind of like making synthetic water.
0: John. You understand? Know I'm saying John, listen, you just can't do it. Listen. This is Miles Davis sheet music right here. You see what I'm saying? That's my I, point. I, I, yeah, yeah, I get
1: you. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. But I'm not going to give somebody that. I'm not going to give somebody that jumping off the Grand Canyon without a bungee cord challenge. Hey, I'll do it all day. I think.
0: <laughs> I think that. I think that's what we need to do, man. Holding a little bit back on the last track, I ain't no joke, right? I mean, I really, just like we did on the on the uh, BDP episode, we had the chance to talk about Scott Rock. I think we owe the same amount of respect to Eric B. I mean, without Eric B, there's no Rock Kim. I don't care how you slice it. I mean, it was a perfect marriage. Eric B and Rock Kim together was was hip-hop heaven right there. And at a time we didn't really understand what that meant. You know, and you dig into the history a little bit of how these two got together. I mean, from what I understand, I mean, Detron John me if I'm wrong, you know, Eric B was looking for, he was looking for an artist. You know what I mean? And um, he went, he he went out to Long Island looking for Freddie Fox, and you know, Freddie Fox wasn't available, whatever like that. And um, so, you know, he's pointed into the direction of Rock And from what I understand, Eric B knew Rock brother. They used to trade records and all that. And um, Eric B was laying down. Big
2: records. Huh. Uh, Rockin's brother used to be at the factory making bootleg records. <laughs> Let's oh, really? keep it real. So Eric B used to get albums from him. Oh, okay. And okay. then he knew Rockin's brother from there. And then that's mm-hmm. when he sat up there and, uh, and joined up with uh, Rakim.
0: Got you. So Eric B already had Eric B's as president. He, he already had that done. And then, you know, Rakim basically laid, laid the focus on top of that. And then Eric B and Rakim was born together as an entity. This track here, I mean, it's just an instrumental, but it gives us a chance to really talk about the history
2: of Eric B or Eric Barrier as what he's known legally. You know what? Not to cut you off. What's up? This album right here, like the, the people that were associated with, with this, these two guys, mm-hmm. you got to think about now, I've said it before about people with their street nicknames. These were some of the hardcore street nicknames I've ever heard in my life. You got Eric B. It was just B. Eric B. Mm-hmm. So, you went in the neighborhoods. Yo, where Eric B at? Oh, everybody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Rakim. Everybody knew who Rakim Allah was. Okay. Then you go to Freddie Fox. Bumpy Knuckles. You mm-hmm. you imagine that right there? Like, yo, who your brother? My brother Bumpy Knuckles. All right. <laughs> Don't mess with him. You, you know what I mean? You sit up there with these nicknames. Yeah. Yo, and Eric B actually knew the, the original, the real 50 Cent. They was boys. Oh, you look at the back of the album cover. They all on there. 50 Cent on there. Cool rappers Rap on there. No, I'm talking about the story out of Eric's mouth himself. No, I'll tell you. Now, they was Yeah. They was going to do a party. Mm-hmm. And he said he seen 50 and his boys across the street. And they pulling ski masks on. So he said, yo, he went over and told him, like, what you about to do? He said, yo, we about to stick this spot up. Mm-hmm. And he had to tell him, like, yo, easy, man. Like, this is my spot. I'm about to do, you know, I'm about to do DJing in here. I'm about to do the party here. And he had to shut it down because, you know, 50 Cent was that dude. Like, he didn't care who you were. He was robbing everybody. You imagine these nicknames. Before this 50 came out, you had 50 Cent. Yeah. Who the hell calls himself 50 Cent? Like, yeah, I'm 50 Cent. I'm 50. Mm-hmm. Then you got Eric B. Rakim My Bumpy Knuckles. Come on, man, that's just, there's Some names you just look at like that whole click just just oh, yeah. look like I'm just like your your streets name your your click street street name should be do dirty and up to no good. No doubt, you, <laughs> I'm wrong with that. No doubt, you you, you did you say do dirty, <laughs> not from penitentiary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do dirty and up to no good. Just that's your that's do your dirty in no
0: click name. You yeah, take, you take that paid in full album. Turn it over to the back and look at that picture on the back of the album, and uh, look at the dude with the with the red Adidas hat. That's the original 50 Cent right there. Yeah. And look at the dude standing behind him with the with the brown leather jacket. That's that's G Rap. These guys were
2: hip hop through and through, through and yeah, through. they man. were hip hop and they were street through and through. See, mm-hmm. that's why I'm not talking too tough about these dudes because they they still out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 50 Cent's gone. He's he's uh he's passed on, but. The rest of them, Eric being on them, they, they can still get you touched, especially Rakim a lot. He sit up there and say something to the guys, the oceans, and the seas, you know, next thing you know, you're gone. <laughs> I right, knew.
0: Eric B, to me, was you know, just as instrumental with respect to who they were as a crew, as Rakim was. I mean, his style was perfect for Rakim, you know what I mean? The boom bap of the era, you know, it was there, you know what I mean, in, in each and every track, you know what I'm saying? But Hey, there was there was something else in Eric B's production style I mean his his loop picking and soul came through on each and every track and I gotta say I mean say what you want you know what I mean but he influenced the P rocks he influenced the Primo's. he influenced the extra Ps you know large professor and um, he learned from one of the best in Marley Mall much respect to Eric B you know he you know he put this album together and you know he was he was the perfect. It was, you know, Eric B and Kim, that was the perfect marriage. The perfect marriage. Exactly. It's a, shame, it's a shame that they're not together no more. I mean, I know it's been a long time, but, but, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't
2: know the facts, you know what I mean? But it's just a sad listen, thing man. that they couldn't get it together, me, you know what I mean? Listen, man, I'll tell you something about Eric B. He's a good dude, good, kind-hearted dude, will squash the beef in a minute. But you know what? He needs to squash this one between him and Rock Rakim. And y'all, they need to get back together and, and put the albums together because he squashed the beef with me and Quest Love a long time ago. Because <laughs> me I, you know... I ain't like Questlove. I still don't like him now to this day because I think his socks stink. He wears sneakers all the time. I I don't like him because he fouled me hard on the basketball court. Questlove, you know you did it too. I was going up for the ball, and he pushed me out the way with his butt, and I ran into the fence, the chain link fence that was next to us, and it kind of cut my stomach a little bit. And I was like, man, you so-and-so, so-and-so, and and he threw his knuckles up. Like, what's up? What you want to do? And I said, all right, what you want to do? Now, this is Jersey against Philly at this point. And I was like, who's this young dude with this afro? All of a sudden, Eric B. stepped in because he was DJing, you know, out there at the park or whatever. He stepped in. He was like, yo, y'all young dudes need to learn something better. So we got with Eric B. And Eric B. used to play the trumpet. And he knew how to play the trumpet. and He knew how to do the drums. So he was like, yo, I want y'all to try some music out instead of fight. So needless to say, I don't play the damn trumpet anymore. And Questlove, we know where he's at. So I guess if I had stuck with Eric B playing the trumpet, I'd be with Questlove and him, and maybe we'd all been a group ourselves. But you know what I mean? He stepped in to try and squash it. And Eric B, listen, brother, you need to come back to Rakim and try and squash that beat. Questlove, go to hell. But, uh, you know, the rest of that, everything else, y'all, you know, he's a good dude. But what if the industry broke him up because they were
1: conscious, because they were trying to, you know, do different things, In order to, you know, because they weren't about that whole, you know, um, gun-toting hip-hop and being a crew. And at this time, don't forget, from 87, because they broke up in 92 or 93. I can't remember. Um, But it was definitely the early uh, 90s. Um, What if that was industry-driven with some he-said-she-said nonsense? Interesting. I wouldn't And Again, podcast listeners, we're um, purely speculating based upon what we know with respect to how the industry likes to control the industry. When we talk about the industry, we talk about the record labels, the large conglomerate record labels, and how they control the individual's artist content. You know, we talked about Larry, the Larry Cohen story, just to give you guys some reference.
0: Go ahead, Scott. Nah, I was just basically saying that that's an interesting uh, theory right there. I mean, Rakim was definitely something that I think the industry hadn't seen before. I mean, you said it before, he's part of the nations and gods and the earths, right? I mean, he had a level of spirituality and his message was so uh, sophisticated and there were so many embedded, you know, things being said, you know what I mean? I wonder if the industry was scared of that, you know, like they can't control what they don't really understand. Some of the other people that they were, you know, that they were trying, I guess, to censor and monitor. I mean, their message was pretty flat. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was what it was. But with Rakim, there was right. so, there was so many levels. I mean, we haven't even, so many. We, I mean, we're about to get into a track now with my melody that was completely bananas with respect to True. levels of complexity. You know what I mean? So maybe, maybe, maybe one day. You know, back then somebody sat down and kind of did what we're doing and broke down and said, "Listen, you might want to pay attention to what this dude Rakim is talking about." Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not saying what you think he's saying. This, this isn't right. This isn't lollipop right here. This is, this is encyclopedic.
4: D hand out a cigar I'm letting knowledge be born and my name's the R A.K.A. I am not like the rest of them I'm not on the list That's what I'm saying I drop lines like a scientist My melodies in the code of very next episode Has the mic off and distort and ready to explode I keep the mic at Fahrenheit Feed them, seize cola The listener's system is kicking like solar As I memorize, advertise like a bow And keep you going when the are Smooth enough, you know with the rough That's why the mural on my story I tell a B Nobody beats the R Check out my melody Check, 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 check out my melody Check, check,
0: So I'm going to kick this off like this I'm going to do it a little different Normally we kick it off with some discussion But I'm going to kick it off with Basically the first verse Part of the first verse That kind of you know, let you know right off the bat what what Rakim's trying to do here. He said, I'm letting knowledge be born and my name's the R. A.K.I.M. not like the rest of them. I'm not on a list. I drop science like a scientist. Now where have you heard that before? I think John, I think it was you that brought it up last <laughs> week. You know what I mean? The whole BDP, the Come whole on, experiment, man. you know? Exactly. That's why it makes exactly. the most sense for us to do this after the uh after criminal minded because as you can see, Rakim and KRS, they got the same mindset. They know that Education. there's they know not only that, they know that there's no one else around like them. They are conscious enough to know that. That even though he's a rookie, this, you know, he's right, a rookie right. in the game right now. This is their debut. Rakim knows he's leaps and bounds above everyone else that's moving at the time. I mean, he tells you, this this whole record right here, this whole song, he's telling you he's untouchable and there's no one like him, you see what I'm saying? He's telling you how complex he is. There are so many levels to this record right here. It's ridiculous. I mean, his spirituality, the constant references to important numbers. I mean, it's complete, it's, it's, it's bananas. I'm gonna take you down to the end of verse two. Now, follow me there. Putting blurs and slurs and words that don't fit in the rhyme. Why waste time on a microphone? I take this more serious than just a poem. Rock from party to party, backyard to yard. Now, tear it up, y'all, and bless the mic for the gods. Come on now. I mean, come on now. Seriously? Seriously, see? I mean, you, you got to think that this went over the heads of most cats, man. You got to think it did. That's when I started to really see the other side of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. To be able to put all this
1: in here, and hip-hop, again, was only about 11 years old, and how it's metamorphosizing, I'm trying to tell you, podcast listeners, you have no idea what this era was like. When this came out right here, it was ground-shaking. Mm-hmm. Especially because now we're starting. I'm starting to understand. Like, this is just more than just some words. You know what I mean? It, KRS. I mean, everybody running it down the list, and they're starting to use this music as a medium. They're they're now instead of it just being, hey, come
0: out and have a good time. Now it's, hey, sit down and listen. I mean, you talk about you know dropping knowledge. You talk about spirituality. If you look no further than in the middle of verse two, I skipped over it but um, I think this is a good time as any to bring it in. He said, my name is Rakim Allah, and R and A stands for rock. Switch it around, it still comes out R. So easily will I E-M-C-E-E spelled the correct way. My repetition of words is check out my melody. Let's go back to the beginning of that real quick. He's telling you, you know, not only am I a God, I'm the God MC. And no matter which way you spell it, no matter which way you flip it, it still comes out R. The R. You see what I'm saying? I mean, right, 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 right. unless you're digging, unless you are a hip-hop head, you just gloss right over that. You gloss
5: no right doubt. over that.
0: You see what I'm saying? I mean, and, and, and it's it
1: goes even deeper because when you, when, you, when you think about, like you said before, Scott, how he stacks everything up, right? And how he arranges everything, right? So you come down to verse four, oh, and what does he hit you with at the very beginning? Oh, this is my favorite right.
0: verse. This is my favorite okay. verse in the whole album right here. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. I'm not a regular competitor,
1: first rhyme editor, melody arranger, poet, etc. Mm-hmm. Extra events, the grand finale like bonus. I am the man, the call they call the microphonist. Mm-hmm. And here's my favorite part of, of this verse. With wisdom which means wise words being spoken too many at a time watch the mic start smoking i came to express the rap i manifest verse 4 encapsulates that entire situation right right there everything that he's tried everything that he says throughout this entire throughout this entire cut of my melody is is boom right there in verse 4. That thing right there man is a you got to figure when you break it down the first thing he says is I'm not a regular competitor first round editor, right? Mm-hmm. So what he's saying is I don't freestyle cuz that's what everyone else is doing. You know what I mean? I'm going to I take my time and I write my rhymes down. Mm-hmm. The cat man is just crazy with how he brings up these metaphoric, melodic words and just puts them together, man, and it paints such a different picture in your head once you understand what he's really trying to say. Because on the, on the surface, you know what I mean? You're, you're thinking, oh, I'm not a regular competitor. You don't even think that he's talking about he's not freestyling. Mm. You know, th- that doesn't come to your mind at first. You're just like, all right, he's a cut above
0: the rest. But I think, you know, he's telling you right there, he understands the essence of this. He understands what it's all about. At the end of the day, he's a poet, you see what I'm saying? But I think the fact that he, that he refers to himself as the God MC, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's something else going on here that I don't think we understand as a hip-hop community. I'm talking about at the time. I mean, we understand it now. I mean, there's a level of deepness there that, that wasn't present, you know, in, in, in the other artists at the time. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the middle of that verse. I mean, I'm, I'm just, right, right. just lay down for you real quick. He said, I take seven MCs, put them in a line. Add seven more brothers who think they can rhyme, and then it'll take seven more before I go for mine. That's 21 MCs, eight up at the same time. There's so much going on right there in those four lines that I don't think most people understood. Break it. Break it. Right, so what's up with the number seven? What's up with that? He says it. it. He says it throughout the entire album. He's always constantly referring to the number seven. Come right. on. So you talk about number seven. Seven represents. Knowledge. Knowledge be born. Not only that, right. not only that, but seven represents the seventh letter of the Supreme Alphabet. The seventh letter is, is G. What is Ed. what does G stand for? God. Right. He's embedding all of this stuff into his into his into his into his work. You know and Jeff, hold hold your point,
1: because don't forget the first part of his name is what? Ra. Mm-hmm. What was the first God?
0: The sun Ra. Ra was the first God. Go ahead. Keep it keep it going, Scott. No, nah, I mean you just you just I mean you just ended it with what I was gonna say. I mean you go back into ancient Egypt, <laughs> right? I'm in Ra. That's the that's the sun god right there. You know what I mean? So I mean you add all those elements into it. This is somebody that's leaps and bounds above anybody else that's moving at the time. I mean, this is a level of knowledge. Not at all. This is a level of knowledge, this is a level of understanding. This is a level of structure that, you know, we haven't seen. and I don't think we've seen it since. He's one of them dudes, man, where, you know, he forces you to break down what he's saying. It forces you to. Otherwise, it's just white noise to you. I mean, throughout this whole album right here, he kind of maintains that whole villain stance. Not in the sense that he's a bad guy. You see what I'm saying? But he's a villain in the sense where, you know, he's he's that guy that's kind of doing something that nobody else understands. So, therefore, it's got to be illegal. I mean, I'm not trying to turn this into the Him fan club, man, but I don't think there's no other way to describe it. I love how he finishes this off, man. Every
1: classic him, every classic cut from him, you go to that last verse, and it's a summation. Okay. Every last verse from him. Every last verse. All yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He said, Marley Mars synthesized it. I memorized it. And don't forget, you know, uh, he loved. The early in the, the early influences on Rock Hill Grandmaster Cash, Melly Mel, and Kumo D. Mm. Hold oh, that because as you said, Scott, the production is crazy. <laughs> 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 Eric B made a cut and advertised it. And here's my favorite part. My melody created for MCs in the place. They try to listen because I'm dissing them. So pick up your face. I love how he's telling you to your face <laughs> what your problem is, my, and he talks about the favorite part of I love wisdom, my wisdom is swift. No
0: matter if my momentum is slow, MC still stands stiff. That's why the moral of my story I tell will be, nobody beats the R. Check out my melody. There's so much going on in those two lines right there that is not even funny, man. So, I mean, at the end of the day, right, what is hip hop, right? It is it's poetry, right? It's poetry, but outside of the production, it's music, it's music that's devoid of melody, right? They're not singing. You see what I'm saying? They, you know, it's poetry. They are they are reading, they're performing poetry with a cadence, with a structure. But Rakim tells you right there, check out my melody though. So what does that tell you right there, man? What does that tell you about what Rakim thinks about himself as an artist? He, he thinks of himself as an instrument. Not only is he calling this track my melody, but he's telling you, nobody beats the R. If you don't believe me, check out my melody. He doesn't see himself as devoid of melody. He's an instrument, just like, just like I was saying before. It's Miles Davis, man.
4: It's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you. Without a strong rhyme and step to. think of how many weak shows you slept through. Time's up, I'm sorry I kept you. Thinking of this, you keep repeating, your miss. The rhyme from the microphone solo with. So you sit by the radio and on the dial soon. As you hear it, pump up the volume. Dance with the speaker till you hear it blow. Then plug in a headphone, cause here it go. It's a four-letter word when it's heard to control your body to dance. So, dot-text the tempo like a red alert. Reaches your reflex and let it work When this is playing, you can't get stuck with the steps So can say, and I'ma still come up with I get to be swift, follow the leader The rhyme will go deaf with the record That was mixed a long time ago It could be done, but only I could do it For those that could dance and clap your hands to it I start to think, and then I sink Into the paper, like I was in. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line I escape, when I finish the rhyme I got soul. soul
0: Next track, I Know You Got soul. Now, you can't mention this track without mentioning the originator. Eric B went straight to the well with this one and pulled out the originator of hip hop, James Brown. I mean, I'm not no disrespect to Eric B. You see what I'm saying? But when you go to when you go to James Brown and you literally pull one of his one of his one of his tracks almost verbatim, it's going to work. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? James, James Brown was hip hop like a motherfucker, man, right? Right, right. I mean, he don't get more hip hop than James Brown. And then you I throw rock. then you throw rock him on top of that. I mean, you gotta hit. Come on, you gotta hit. One of the most quoted lines ever from Rakim. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a strong rhyme to step you. He's apologizing. You guys don't realize he, Rakim starts off apologizing for all the weak shit that's happening right now in hip hop. <laughs> I'm just so overwhelmed with this particular record right here, man, because he dropped so much damn knowledge in this in this particular record right here about the difference between weak rappers and MCs spelled the right way you see what i mean you fast forward you take these lyrics and fast forward to today over and over again yeah you just i mean we we keep saying this right you take this and you drop it today i mean i got to think a lot of people going to sit their asses down man because they it's like you go to church and you can listen to the sermon Somehow, some way you think that 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 the pastor's talking to you. This is one of them joints right here, man. And if the shoe fits, I gotta say, I got man. <laughs> it is what it is no
1: doubt man and the funny thing is with rock him man he's so far he's so far ahead of us at this time and he tells us in this rhyme how far ahead of us he is and no one even picks it up nope and you know what i'm about to say
0: right i hope you say it because if you don't i will a gift to be swift follow the leader the rhyme will go
1: deaf. Where the record, I want to stop it right there because he's already telling you about his next album. And we're how many tracks into this one? No wait. I lost count. How many tracks are we into the debut? Is it four? Four what is this? This we're four tracks in. Yeah, four tracks. And and that's first one of the fourth track. And he's already referencing something that's about to come that we never. I, it, you had to listen to, to follow the leader to pick up on that. So he he put a little Handsome and breadcrumb out there for you. Yeah, He's man. bringing
0: us along slowly. We're gonna do it like this, all right? I mean, you and Detron both both mentioned how you guys are visual, especially you, John. So verse two must have must have jumped out at you like like crazy, all right? So let's let's just slow down for a second here, all right? I'm going to start up with verse two. I want you to picture Rakim sitting back and telling you this story right here. Okay. He said, picture a mic. The stage is empty. A beat like this might tempt me to pose. Show my rings and my fat gold chain. Grab the mic like I'm on Soul Train. But I wait because I mastered this. Let the others go first so the brothers don't miss. Eric B, break the sticks. Rakim will begin when you make the mix. I'll experiment like a scientist. You want to rhyme? You got to wait. You got to sign my list. My list. Man. There's that experiment again. Didn't we talk about that before?
5: True.
0: It's that education. It's that education. Yeah. Because I'm a manifest and bless the mic that I hold. You want it next? Then you got to have soul. You got to have soul to do this, man. Mm-hmm. How many of these jokers now have soul? We talking about hip-hop. Right. We ain't, we ain't talking about R&B. We ain't talking about Come on. blues. Rakim's Come telling on. you, man, you want to do this, you got to have soul, man. He understands. That's what I was talking about before, man. He understands the essence of this. How many artists today still utilize the same functions of hip-hop from beginnings, like he
1: just said? R&B, hip-hop, and blues. Like, like you, that, that is hip hop it's the gumbo all that's mixed in there in every good hip hop track that you hear out you know what I mean in recent time I'm saying recent time the last 15 years had that had that mix
0: man but he told you you got to have soul man cuz if you ain't got it I'm gonna make an encore take the mic make the people respond for who the R cuz that's the way it'll have to be if you want to get on after me, stop playing, man. He's, Rakim doesn't need a, a female. He don't need. He don't need a, a feature artist. He's so, a soloist. He's Miles Davis, man. Right. And you know me being visual, man. So you know it
1: just like you said, mind blown, right? Mm-hmm. Picture of Mike. The stage is empty. Mm-hmm. A beat like this might tempt me. Mm-hmm. Just like you, and when you hit that Miles. Davis, mm. this was the first line I thought of. Yeah. Like you said, with his back to the, you know, his back to the crowd, middle finger to the world. You can't, you can't bite me because you can't see what I'm doing. You can't bite Rock him because you can't even understand what he's doing. The similarities are so right there in front of your face that it, it, and it's crazy, man.
0: It's crazy. Can I go to verse three for a second? <laughs> I'm going to end this real quick. I mean, I mean, there's no need to go on any further after I say this right here, man. So, verse 3, he says, I got soul. This is bigger than hip-hop. You see what I mean? I got soul. I'm a musician. I'm, a, I'm an instrument of this. That's why I came. To teach those who can't say my name. First of all, I'm the soloist, the soul controller. Rakim gets stronger as I get older. Constant elevation causes expansion. I write my rhymes while I cool in my mansion. You know how, like, all right, let me just back up here for a second, man. You know how, like, we always say, oh, he's dropping science, he's dropping knowledge. He's literally dropping science right here. Like, literally, that's a scientific thing right there. Constant elevation causes expansion. I write my rhymes while I cool in my mansion. That's a scientific situation right there that he's dropping. Exactly, man. And then putting knowledge. it into this. And it's, that's, that's straight knowledge right there. But let me ask you, right? He said to teach those who can't say my name. What is he talking about right there?
2: He's talking about that 85%. Come on. Those unknowing, unseen, and those uneducated, that it takes the 5% to bring them all up to the same level as the other 10% to make them all 100. Come on, man. And podcast listeners, and
1: I say this, this should be like, you know, if we had sound effects, there should be a siren right now. This is an organic conversation, y'all. Mm-hmm. This is unscripted we're not we don't this is three cool cats sitting around talking about hip-hop
2: that's all we're doing because my third eye make me shine like jewelry. <laughs> he's stupid
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> come on man
0: <laughs> always
1: gotta be the comedian
0: <laughs> hey you can't end a song like this any better than what i'm about to, t- to do a song with the level of complexity and depth and knowledge and science, like the, you cannot end it any better than this. He said, It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Because he didn't know, he, talk, he talked about all the boroughs, he talked about all of them. He said, Look, it's bullshit. It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. But since you came here, you have to show improve and, and do that dance until it don't move because all oh. you need is soul. Self-esteem will release. The rest is up to you. Rakim will say peace. How do you how how do you end the song any better? How do you I mean there's so much knowledge there's so much knowledge transfer going on right here. I just don't understand how you end the song any better. Listen man,
1: I want to I want to I want to paint a picture for the podcast listeners of a uh... 17, 18-year-old kid who graduated high school without a front tooth. I was 6 foot tall, weighed 155 pounds. I was a string thing. All right. but, my, but my crew, you know what I mean, every, 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 everybody messed with me. You know what I mean? I wasn't, you know, I don't want to make it out to be like I was some little outcast, you know, but that ain't the case. But understand that, you know, I went in the Marine Corps and I got away from where I was growing up. And it was really a good self-esteem boost for me. You know what I mean? Because, you know, my last year or two of high school, you know what I mean? I took a couple little self-esteem blows. So going through that process in the Marine Corps helped, you know, kind of. So I'm in that process. I'm about to come out of the end of that process. And this is what I'm banging. So understand my mindset when I heard this. And I'm out in San Diego, California, and all I see are mountains and sand <laughs> on Camp Pendleton. And I'm running. I'm running. You know what I'm saying? Because I ain't got nothing else to do. I don't have any money to do anything. I can't go home. I live in Pittsburgh, PA. I'm on the West Coast. I'm just running. And I got this banging. Imagine that for a minute. San Diego sun beating down. You know what I'm saying? And by this time, I was starting to fill out a little bit. So that 155 was up to about 175. starting to look a little good. Got a little six-pack working. <laughs> Marine Corps boot camp will do that to you. But he said, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Because at that time, I was having a little bit of trepidation being away from home. I was a 17, 18-year-old kid, I ain't never been away from home before, literally. We used to go on vacation to my cousin's house. Like I said, my aunt lived on Cresswell Street in St. Clair Village in Pittsburgh. My other aunt lived on Fisher, and another aunt lived on Bonifay. (laughs) So we weren't going on too many vacations, you know what I'm saying? So when, uh, you know, going through that and this and hearing this, it was just a reaffirmation to me. It It was literally, and I'm not saying this, you know, tongue in cheek. I'm not saying this to be funny or to be over the top. This was really inspirational to me. It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. So since you came here, you have to show and prove. You know, since you joined the Marine Corps, you're out here, you're trying to do something, you got to show and prove it them. It ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. I'm trying to tell you guys, trying to tell you guys, music is educational if you allow it to be, if you apply it to yourself properly.
4: If you listen to it in the proper way, it's all of. It. Standing by the speaker, suddenly I had this. fever. wasn't me or either, some of madness. Cause I just can't stand around So I get closer and the closer I get The better it sounds My mind starts to activate bonds collaborate Cause when I heard the beat I just had to make Something from the top of my head So I fell into the groove of the wax And I said How could I move the crowd? First of all Ain't no mistakes allowed Here's the instructions Put it together It's simple ain't it? quite clever some of you been trying to write rhymes for years but we got ever irritate my ears is this the best that you can make because if not and you got more i'll wait but don't make me wait too long because i'ma move on the dance floor when they put something smooth on so turn up the bass it's better when it's loud because i like to move the
0: crowd. next track move the crowd now here's yet another record where Rakim tries to tell you how dope he is and how much better he is than you. <laughs> I mean, he already knows that you're weak. And this is this is the devious part. This is that villain role that, that I was talking about before that, that Rakim seems to portray. He already knows that you're weak, but he gives you a shot to prove him wrong. But it irritates him at the same time because, you know, The more you try, the more you prove to him how weak you are. Not just as far as the hip hop game is concerned, but in comparison to him. That's what I took from this particular record right here. I mean, you start at verse one, he says, standing by the speaker, suddenly I had this fever. Was it me or either summer madness? He tells you pretty soon that he's a microphone fiend. He's describing to you the effects of the addiction that he has right up here in the beginning of verse one to this record. Right, here.
1: man, you couldn't be more right. Let me tell you, <laughs> I mean, the fact that they took and they took this nice little slow down beat mm-hmm. and let and let Rod just go ahead and be real relaxed. Mm-hmm. take his time mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying right. get into real deep life and just like you said how he opens it up sets it off from the very beginning yeah. you know what i mean and then he says some of you been some of you've been trying to write rhymes for years but weak ideas irritate my ears yeah he's irritating is this the <laughs> is this the best that you can make because mm-hmm. if not and you got more I'll wait that's I mean catcher yeah. cats are saying that still to this day I'll wait yeah you know what I'm saying yeah. I'll wait
0: that's that villain he knows he knows that you don't have what it takes he, he'll give you a shot but it irritates him you know what I mean because he knows because you tried you even thought to try it irritates him you see what I mean I mean We can take it back even before that section of the verse. He says, uh, so I get closer, and the closer I get, the better it sounds. My mind starts to activate, rhymes collaborate. Cause when I heard the beat, I just had to make something from the top of my head. So I fell into the groove of the wax and I said, how could I move the crowd? And then he starts to give you instructions on the process that takes place to become the MC that he is. First, ain't no mistakes allowed. You can't make mistakes. You got to get up there and have the confidence and have the knowledge to do to pull this off. Right, right. Right? No mistakes allowed. Second, here's the instruction. and It's simple. Put it together. That's it. (laughs) No mistakes allowed. (laughs) Now put it together. And he tells you it sounds simple, right? It sounds like it's easy. Right, right. But it's not. You got to be clever. You got to be clever to do this, man. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Mm -hmm. No doubt, man. He even
1: goes further in verse 2 as to explain his name. Mm -hmm. Because in the very first line of verse 2, he says, Imagine me with the heat that's made by solar, Ra, the sun God. Mm -hmm. It gets stronger every time I hold a microphone. Check the tone to get started. The line for the microphone is departed. Come on, man.
0: I love this verse, man. I, I love this verse so much, man, because, I don't know, man, say what you want about Rakim, right? He seems to be, like, almost untouchable, you know, when you talk about his skill and what he brings to the table, you know, with respect to the hip-hop game. But he's not scared to get personal with you. Not at all. You know, he gets, at all. He gets personal with you. Now, we'll get into it a little bit more on the next track, which is my favorite track right. on the whole album. Right. But Rakim will, will let you into his world, you know, and, and explain to you, how it was, you know, how he created it, you know, how he moves, and what his, you know, what his inspiration is, what his motivation is, you know, um, you know. I like how you broke down, you know, the beginning of verse two because you know he's telling you, you know, I'm I'm hot, you know, what I'm saying I know I'm hot, you know I'm hot, you know thousand what I'm saying? degrees, yeah, but but not only am I hot, I'm as hot as the sun, you know. What and now? What's hotter than the sun? Nothing right right <laughs> there's there's nothing hotter than the sun, and that's Yo, who that. he's comparing himself to, you well, know back in the, the
2: days, back in the days, there were some girls' panties that was hotter than the sun oh I that, hamburger. Back coming up in high school <laughs> but i I don't think they you know nothing was hotter than rock Kim nah, I mean nah. and, and and I know y'all broke down that second part, but it's the breakdown part of the second verse, mm. Mm-hmm. When he starts to break down the math after the Rakim show, he lets you know it's oh, yeah. part of the Rakim oh, show. Yeah, and he yeah. comes in and says, I'm the intelligent wise on the mic. I will rise right in front of your eyes because I am a surprise. So I'ma let knowledge be born to the perfection. All praises due to Allah. Now that's a blessing. With the knowledge of self, there's nothing I can't solve. At three hundred and sixty degrees, I revolve. That's letting you know he's world well, he's he's world rounded. Mm-hmm. He, right, he, right. I don't, I'm not saying well-rounded. I said world-rounded. Mm-hmm. world-rounded I heard you. It, it, you know what I'm saying? So he's letting you know, he's bringing knowledge from all different corners to sit up there and perfect his style. Mm-hmm. So don't right. sit up there and think that he's, he's not the man that can sit up there and, and eat your ass on the mic. He's going to do what uh-huh. he's got to do. Pause. But he's going to do what you, he's got to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and rip you apart. So that's why he sat up there and said, listen, it's the Rakim show. Y'all want a piece of it, but you got to sit back and learn and understand. 360 degrees out of all.
0: Mm, no doubt. And I'm glad that you brought that up. That's my favorite part of the whole song right there, that last part of verse two. And that's what I meant about the whole personal aspect of this, of this, of this track right here. I mean, he's letting you into his lessons right there. He's five percent, you know what I mean? It's all about knowledge and, and studying the lessons and all of that. So there's multiple levels to this. You see what I mean? He and he let you. He's pulling you in. He's 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 trying to help you understand. You know, we talked about you know on the very very first track of this of this of this album right here how you know if you went to a lab and tried to build and try to create the perfect MC, you would come up with Rakim. He's showing you here how that whole process is created. You know how his mind is is functioning. And that, I mean, you broke it down right here, and this is my favorite part of the whole verse. I mean, you go back down to the M where he talks about with knowledge of self, there's nothing I can't solve. At 360 degrees, I revolve. You dig deeper into that. He's breaking down the whole 5% mantra. You see what I'm saying? 120 degrees of knowledge, 120 degrees of wisdom, 120 degrees of understanding. Bro, what's, what's 120 times 3? You see what I'm saying? 360. Knowledge and wisdom of self. I mean, that went over 100% of people's heads back to when this song came out. They were like, huh, what? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is an incredibly deep record. I mean, as I go back and listen to it now, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna tell you straight up, you know, I'm, I'm slightly guilty because I wonder how many, how many people back then just kind of skipped over this record because the production really didn't hit as hard as the others, you see what I'm saying? I mean, if you didn't, if you wasn't prepared to receive the message that Rakim was giving you, now, I don't mean just a message on the surface. I'm talking about go deep diving and really understand what Rakim was trying to tell you because he's multiple levels deeper than all of us. You see what I mean? But I wonder how many people skipped over this record because Eric B's production didn't hit as hard as the others. But this record here has some of Rakim's most important work.
1: You don't think it's hit as hard? You don't, you don't, you don't think this hit hard here? The production you know on this? this? Is the-, the production? Yeah. Nah,
0: nah. The production on this didn't hit as hard Come as I'm not telling. I'm not saying it's not dope. I'm telling you, it didn't hit as hard as some of the other, you know, seminal records that came out of this album. For me, okay, yeah, okay. for me, this album is perfection. I'm not saying that the production wasn't dope. I'm just trying to say as a whole, the hip hop community, when they listened to this album from track one through nine, did they gloss over this one? Because uh, the because I the thought production you were saying
2: did, I thought you were saying the whole album. I was gonna say nah. I was gonna with John. Like, hold on. No, no, no. This track. This
0: track, this track, this track. Not not the All whole right. album, this
2: track.
1: Well, see, and for me, because he got this from James Brown. This is a James Brown beat right here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is this is this is from High Pants Road. This is this is this is 1970. This is classic. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So for me, this was one of my favorite beats.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Because of the simplicity of it, and the fact of. The title of the, cut, of the cut is Move the Crowd, right? Mm-hmm. And he's sampling a James Brown beat, and what was James Brown known to do? Dance. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So to me, it just all came together mm-hmm. because this puts you on the dance floor. And you ain't have to be jumping all around. You have to be acting all stupid. You know, I mean, you think about 1987. There was a lot of different dances going on back in 87.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, this was just a nice little, slow little ditty Bob groove that you could just, you know, this is when you're trying to, you know, make that move, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, cause it, I mean, it's just so smooth with it. And I understand what you're saying. Where it doesn't have that same thickness
0: to the beat, whereas that same rugged edge, right? Like, like, um, like in, like in I ain't no joke. Yeah, uh, yeah, He, he yeah, punched yeah. you in the yeah. mouth. He punched you in the mouth. Oh yeah. Oh week. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. It doesn't have that rugged feel to it. That's what I meant. But the, but the beat is still. Now I mean, come
0: on. So I'm not saying it's not dope. I'm just trying to say how many people, you know, in general, you know, I'm using. Right, a broad, right. I'm using. I'm using the broad stroke here. People in general. When they start, right. when they go back and listen to the album and they, and they, and they you know, listen and do they gloss over this one. You see what I'm saying? And just not really understand what, what Rakim is trying to tell you. I mean, even look at the title of the track here, Move the Crowd. Right, right, right. Move the Crowd. I mean, he's basically telling you what it takes to be an MC. I mean, Move the Crowd, the initials right there, MC. Everybody has their definition about what an MC is. You know, right. there, there was no mistake about you know, the actual name of this track here. They They picked the name of this track very cleverly and wisely.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah,
0: oh, yeah. You
1: know what I'm saying? You know, I, wasn't even, I hadn't even gotten into the whole MC part of it and moved the crowd part of it, but you're 100% correct on that, so, mm-hmm. you know, you already hit that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you already said that the whole LP is fire, The whole the, the entire LP. There isn't one miss on the LP, mm-hmm. and that's hard to say, especially about, you know, at some point we have to talk about 1987 because... <laughs> Here's what I want everyone to understand about 1987. Now, most of you are probably listening to this via iTunes or SoundCloud or something, so you can probably go on the internet as you're listening to what I'm saying. Google 1987 hip-hop albums. Keep that up (laughs) as we continue through the rest of this album. Because I want you to really understand the heat that was in the streets in 1987 for hip-hop. And for this one to come out and be so masterful from start to finish, he was up against a lot of competition. And it was his debut. To debut in 1987 hip-hop, this isn't debuting in hip-hop in 2005. You understand what I'm saying? This isn't even 1996 when there were hardly any albums. This is 87. Hip-hop's 11 years old. People are just starting to make money. Run DMC, LL is crushing, is killing it. You done had hip-hop movie after hip-hop movie, graffiti movie. So the culture is growing. It's expanding rapidly. It's basically, to put it in, in a different type of term, it's basically like the dot-com era when everybody was ipo and everybody was coming out. Not everybody was making money, but everybody was coming out. There was always a new buzz in the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was always a new buzz in the street in 1987. So understand when he when he put this out, he had every track had to be straight fire, because he was up against LL, he was up against PE, he was up against so many people who put out crazy albums in 1987. It's been a beautiful journey, and I'm and I'm looking forward to what's uh, you know ahead, because the culture, the music. You know what I mean? Hip hop's not dead. You just gotta know where to find it. And this is it's, and this is real hip hop right here. That's town. for sure. It's, it's
2: yeah. kind of,
5: how old were you in
1: '87? '87. <laughs>
2: hey,
1: but here it is. I'm just gonna give you a quick rundown. You ready?
0: Yeah.
1: '87. You ready for this? I'm ready. P.E. Yo, bum, rust the show. L.L. Bigger and Deffer, criminal minded. Dana Dane with fame, cool and deadly. Just Ice, paid in full, of course. DJ Jazzy Jeff and, uh, you know, the Fresh Prince rocked the house. N.W.A. MC Shan down by law. Too short, born to Matt. Do I need to keep going about how thick 87 was. Think about that.
4: Yo, Rockin, what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Walters is our agency, right? True. Carol Lewis is our agent. World up. Zakia and Forth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with Rush, uh, Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, we can get paid and paid full, and paid. Hit the studio because I'm paid in full. Akim, <laughs> check this out. Yo, you go to your Next track, girl's house and I go to my paid and my in full. Now,
0: before like we even song get song into this, album. let's talk about one Yo, thing I here for a, a second. I mean, so if you were to up, give this out, not just so we'll this, this record, but Eli. this album in its entirety, to some of the youngins out there and tell them, look, Put down what you're listening to right now. Just put it down here. Take this CD, take this album, listen to it from start to finish. Come back and tell me what
2: you think. What do you think will happen? You know, it's gonna be a lot good. of them sitting up there, like, Yo, where you get this from? I'm about to use some of these beats. Mm-hmm. Oh, yo, he's hot. You know, they would sit up there and understand that his lyrics transcend time, so yeah, they could say, Oh man, who was that? You don't know who that is. And you call yourself a rapper? Are you serious? So I think they would take it back and go, "Yo, that beat is hot, I'm going to sample that beat and then sit up there and say, who's who's that rapping on it? You know, I need to listen to him some more. So I think they would actually study him. But I, I definitely think they would, they would sample the beat at this point because, I mean, what did everybody else do? Sample beats. So now it's their turn to get sampled. So I think it would be hot to have sure. them listen to
1: for me, man, I honestly think that, uh, like Dead said, I think they would like the lyrics, but I think the beats would be too slow for them. Okay. At least 60% of this album, they would throw the beats away on it. Mm. Now, I wouldn't because this is... Because I understand, like, where this beat comes from. I understand, you know, the growth of hip-hop from when it began to this point, and I was living it. Mm. You know what I mean? So, for me, this is classic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like you, you know, somebody is a card collector. Versus somebody who just likes the latest sports car. You follow what I'm saying? The person yeah. who likes the latest sports car, they're going to find a lot of things wrong with that classic car. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go fast enough. It doesn't do this, that, this. You know, they can't listen to their music, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're going to find something wrong with it mm-hmm. because they're not into the history of it. They're not into the, to the classicness. You know, they don't understand that part of it. You mm-hmm. know, well, they're in for the here and now, right. which is which is why you know the hip hop industry is where it is. You know, I mean you said something the other day where, you know, you said is this by design? You know what I mean? Is is this all by design and as to where hip hop is today. Mm-hmm. And I think we already said a resounding yes mm-hmm. because if it if it wasn't by design, just imagine where the art form could have taken itself if it would have been left to itself just to grow naturally. I think we would have had more artists who would have been speaking on the level of rock Because I think a lot of times, because artists in certain mediums, and this one we're talking about, which is hip-hop, they see, okay, they want to make money, so the way to make the money is to sound like this. So they compromise their integrity. You know what I mean? And it's so funny because DMX, who everyone knows to be one of the... (laughs) If not anything else, no one says DMX is a liar. <laughs> he's he's very open with who he is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying that one of his one of the main reasons why he's always followed Rakim and always thought Rakim to be one of the dopest lyricists ever and one of the best MCs and the best MC ever in hip hop. This is his words, not mine. Is because and this is you know me quoting DMX. He always chose Rob because he said he never compromised his lyrics. So what is he saying about you hip-hop artists today? You know, and by compromising the lyrics, you know, that's watering it down, that's you know, making it more pop, widening the brand, as they call it, in marketing how you widen it, you know what I mean? And when you widen something, you're going to lose the authenticity. The recipe has been, has been
0: compromised to a large degree. Here's my attempt at the answer to the question that I posed to you two. So, let me start off by making a statement. So, I think the answer to that question, it kind of resides in this right here. So, the reason why I think, you know, people like us, when I say people like us, I mean those people who kind of fight for the integrity of hip-hop, the reason why we turn up, our, the reason why we, you know, turn away from what's playing on the radio, playing, you know, kind of turn our turn our nose up a little bit as to what's what's considered to be hot right now. You know, it's because albums like Paid in Full, records like Paid in Full are what we use as a filter, these records are constantly playing in our ears. You see what I mean? This is the measuring stick. This is this is what we compare everything else against. I don't care if it's not fair. It's just the way it is. And so when we hear bullshit and it comes through the filter that is paid in full, the filter that is criminal-minded. I don't know how these songs make it to the other side. My whole point here is I don't understand, as someone who 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 was a big you know follower and lover of hip hop, how you listen to an album like this and how you come up on the other side and start listening to the bullshit that's on the radio right now. I just don't understand how you do it. But um, you know, getting back to the track, paid in full. Um, I think this is one of the most uh, deeply personal records that they ever did. Now, I said on the last track, uh, one of the things I love about Rakim is that he's not afraid to bring you into his world and be honest with you. I mean, that speaks along to what, you know, John said, you know, DMX said that he loved about Rakim. He wasn't afraid to get personal with you. Paid in full was personal. Like, it, I mean, he, he took it to a, to a whole different level with Paid in full. He brought you into his world. I mean, Ra is frustrated about not having any money. You know, but, you know, Eric B., You know, he came up with the formula, you know, to resolve his issue. And he told it to you in the intro. Dope beats plus dope rhymes will get you paid in full. Now, I'm going to start off this review of the record with a question. How important was Russell Simmons? I mean, you caught that, right, in the intro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He said, yo, who are we rolling with, you know, to get paid in full? We rolling with Rush. We rolling with Rush. We rolling rolling with Rush. Rush. Right. Right. You know, from Rush Town
1: Records. Right. I look at Rush like the Pied Piper of hip hop because he grew so many different artists, man, up out of New York and helped get them exposure. It was kind of like, you ever heard the saying, you know, I'm going to get there and I'm going to hold my foot in the door to help as many people get in as I possibly can because you figure once him and Rick Rubin, once they got that sound down, let me tell you, man, it was
0: all over from there. I mean Russell was supremely important. I mean he scored a shout out on easily one of the most recognizable and personal tracks that Eric B and Rakim ever did. I mean they are literally crediting him for for getting him paid. You know, so this right here, paid in full, is definitely, you know, one of the I think one of the most important records in hip hop. Even though it's it's incredibly short, but Rakim gives you the history of how and why he became an MC. Thinking of a master plan, because ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. He's frustrated. He's got nothing but the sweat inside of his hand. He got no money, he's got nothing. I dig into my pocket, all my money spent. So I dig deeper, but I still only come up with limp. So I start my mission, I leave my residence, thinking how could I get some dead presidents. That right there is probably one of the most important lines in hip hop, let me tell you why. Thinking how I could get some dead presidents. How many times have you heard reference to money as dead presidents right. after after Rakim dropped it right there for the first time? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Now you said something very important, Scott. You said it's a very shortcut, right? Mm. But how many times has this thing been been remixed, extended, rolled into something else, flipped and looped? I think this is one of the most looped verse I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This first verse here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? And when I first heard it, because I heard it at a club, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was only one verse. Because how the DJ kept dropping it, bringing it, dropping it, bringing it, dropping it, bringing it. I was like, man, you know, so when I'm listening to it on my cassette tape, i popped pop my tape out like, wait a minute, it was longer in the nightclub. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was longer Did I get. Mm-hmm. I must have got the short version. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but if I ever wanted to tell somebody everything I wanted to tell them about Jerome Bettis, right, mm-hmm. I would put on the play in Pittsburgh, his final year where he runs over Erlacher at the goal line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's all you need to see to understand who Jerome Bettis mm-hmm. was as a running back. This song right here, it's everything you need to know about this album in 30 seconds or less. Yeah, that's all you need. Because it it rides out with the production, with the DJ giving you the mixing and the scratching. This is quintessential hip-hop, and you can't get away from it without... Without a track like this, without, without Eric B. putting this down like this, you lose the authenticity of what 87 hip-hop was.
0: Mm-hmm. You actually said a, said, a, said a few things that I want to you know, touch back on real quick. You said um, about this track here being one of the most looped and sampled. And I agree with you 100%, man. But I think the one remix that everybody thinks is the original version of this song, the Cold Cut remix, um, right. it's dope. Don't get me wrong. Is it's dope, but I prefer this version, I think, man. I really prefer this version. I mean, Eric B's Eric Beach's vision came through with perfection. Like I said, Eric B and Rakim was the perfect marriage. You know what I mean? And um his vision for this was, was perfection. There is nothing you there's nothing wrong with this track. There's nothing you need to do to improve it. It was short on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Ra came in and gave you an extremely personal version of his life circumstance what led him to become an MC, and he said all he had to say and he was out i mean eric b told you at the end you know hey we got to leave our girls are mad at us because we've been in the studio too long i want i want to i want to dig into this track just a little bit more before we before we wrap it up you know what i mean but um break it off like i said i mean this being a personal track i mean he told you i need money i used to be a stick-up kid so I think of all the devious things I did, I used to roll up. This is a hold up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling, be still, because don't nothing move but the money. How many, people, how many people said that very same thing after this came out, man? I mean, you think of cool. all the artists that emulated and copied Rakim. They dissected this track exactly the same way we're doing it right now together. They're looking at all the crafty and clever ways that, that Rakim – Said what he had to say. The picture that he painted was so vivid. Stop smiling. Be still. This is a holdup. Don't let them move but the money. Don't move nothing. The only thing moving is the money and the jewelry out of your pockets. I mean, that's how desperate right. he was. You see what I'm saying? That's how desperate he was. But oh, yeah. he had oh, yeah. but he had an awakening. You see what I'm saying? But now I learned to earn because I'm righteous. That 5% nation came shining through. He had to attach himself to something. You know what I'm saying? Not only to improve his financial circumstances, you know what I mean, but his mental circumstances as well. I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five. He's different. He ain't the same guy. You what I'm saying? He found that 5% nation. He's doing something else now. If I strive, then maybe I'll stay alive. So I walk up the street whistling this, feeling out of place because, man, do I miss now this is the part of the song that everybody hits, you know what I mean? When this song comes on, everybody hits on this part right here. A pen and a paper, a stereo, a tape of me and Eric B. And a nice big plate of what? Fish, you know what I mean? But without no money, it's still a wish because I don't like to dream about getting paid. So I dig into the books or the rhymes that I made. So now it's a test to see if I got pulled, hit the studio because I'm paid in full. Now right there at the end, is important because he answers Eric B's challenge. Eric B issued a challenge to him in the intro. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? Like, look, I know you're broke, I'm broke too, but I got the answer. The answer is dope beats, that's what I'm bringing. You gotta pull your weight and bring the dope lyrics and together we can get paid in full. So this is what Rakim did here, he laid out this track, he laid it out, he, he, he killed it. And At the end he said, look, now we're paid in full because I answered your challenge. That's what I took out of this track right here, man. Nice. Nice. You know what I mean? You know, I never, I never looked at it like that, Scott. I always just looked at it from the
1: perspective of he was talking to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I understand that, you know, what they were talking about. Not, and, and I took what Eric B. was saying as the state of hip-hop at that time. Mm-hmm. Not, just those, not just them. They were not the only ones who were broke because what did he say? I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine-to-five. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's what a lot of that's what a lot of hip-hop artists were doing back then. Mm-hmm. They had a regular job, some of them. You know what I mean? Others hustled, whatever, whatever. But hip-hop wasn't the one thing that was feeding them. That is what it was saying, is that we're now starting to get money in hip-hop.
0: Okay. okay. You feel me? Yeah, I, I see that. I see what you're saying, too. But I also see it as... That particular line right there, I feel great, so maybe I might just search. Well, let's back up the line before that. But now I learned to earn because I'm righteous. I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five. I took it as now, I mean, this is Rakim speaking, now I got knowledge of self. So I'm not with that criminality anymore. You see what I'm saying? I got knowledge of self now, I'm on a higher plane. So now I'm gonna do something else. I'm gonna do something righteous to get my money. I'm gonna get a job. You know what I mean? And this, I think this whole track here is about answering Eric B's challenge, man. That's just what I feel I feel about.
1: you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. We, we both agree it's about getting money. Who was, who was the only crew really making money? I already said it a couple times. That was LL, you know, Beasties, uh, Run DMC, all those cats coming through who? Rush. Mm-hmm. So he's telling the rest of the industry, you want to know how to get paid? Hook, get hooked up with these cats. I'm telling you, Carl Lewis is our agent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where where are they located? I'm trying to help you get paid. Mm-hmm. See, that? to me, that's why it was more of a proclamation to the industry and not necessarily, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he's, he's, you're right, he's giving instructions. Mm-hmm. And he's telling everybody how to get paid with them. Mm-hmm. Because as we talked about before, true... True thoroughbreds, true men want to see everybody do great because they're not competing with you, they're competing with themselves.
4: Knowledge will begin until I finish this song because the rhyme gets rougher as the rhyme goes on. You sweat as you step, about to get hype. Or should you just listen to the man on the mic? You're physically in this with me, but how could you tell If it's meant to be hip-hop, if you're not mentally as well Ready to absorb the rhyme that I just poured into the mic So night and this won't be so bored If you just keep kicking, listen to the mix And think you'll sink into the rhyme like quicksand holes And controls you till I leave you fall deeper in the style It's hard to breathe, the only time I stop Is when somebody drops and then bring them to the front Cause my rhyme's the oxygen Then wave your hand when you're ready I'll send you into your favorite dance, but let the rhyme continue, and so on, and I'ma go on simultaneously, even if I stop, the rhyme remains to be rising to the top, and I came to drop it, catch it and quiz it, it's my topic, universal, cause I move everybody to come by exercising your mind The coincide is one, then look around and see how packed the party start to get, I draw a crowd, like an architect, the five bowls react, and all the islands are track, and every state can't wait. They attack open spot on the floor squeeze in cause it's packed It'll be more room if MCs play the back I'm the R, the A to the K I am If I wasn't then why would I say I am The microphone fiend if I was a fake Whoever oh, said it's just bugging off the rhymes I make I had to bite in your tongue from what I rung and recite Sung it on stage, some said it don't sound like the voice on the record I see what you mean because the system was whack So I had to scream so just give me your mic if it's loud I'll blow it if not into the crowd, I'll throw it. Pull out McCullough's mic to entertain you well. Before I let go, I'ma spark your brain cell. I took time to write, tonight I will recite. So poetically inclined when the mic is held tight. Rhymes start flowing, kisses are blowing. MCs are knowing that's why they're going. Home to tell a friend when the party ends. Yo, man, you know Rock Kim, that brother struck again. Cause mic by mic and stage by stage. Tape by tape and page by page. When the crowd is moving, I compete with the mix the rough of the cuts the- the the rhyme gets deeper and deeper. I hope you understand it. I made it up myself and I planned it for other MCs who waste time writing oh jokes, oh riddles, and maybe a rhyme. I crossed my arms and I was waiting, but I was hating. The rappers on the microphone was fronting, just faking. They wasn't breaking, which means I was aching to get upon the microphone and then start taking control of the mic, up tight when I grabbed it. So hug the speaker, your ear's a magnet. Attracted to a freestyle, put in effect you listen to the man while you're sipping my wet. So, Eric, pick up the needle yeah. put it in the middle. All right. Give me a scratch. Turn my mic up a little. I want you to hear this perfectly clear. Catch what I'm saying. You get the idea. I hope you knowledge not the beginning because I'm finished this song. The rhyme gets rougher as the rhyme flows on.
0: Nah.
3: Ready, ready? I'm, I, 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 I'm ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next track. As the rhyme goes on. Fellas, let me have this moment for a second, all right? Let me explain something to not just you guys, but to the listeners. And I'm sure I don't explain anything with respect to this track right here. This is one of the dopest examples of real hip-hop you will ever hear in your life. This track right here. I mean, first, that Barry White influence backdrop that Eric B came with was Money. And it, and it set the scene perfectly. It's all about, I mean, I get it. I, I get these guys. See what I'm saying? Eric B is all about setting the scene. You know, Rakim is, is, like I said before, he's Miles Davis, man. And he paints the perfect picture. You see what I mean? This track right here, I think, it's definitely the most lyrical record on the whole album. But I'm, I will go further and say it's probably the most lyrical Example of Rakim's work that you'll ever hear, ever.
1: Yeah, I want to tell you like this. This is, this is highly underrated as well. Oh, hell yeah.
0: You'll never, you never hear about this track.
1: You'll now. never hear about this track. Mm-mm. First of all, it opens up with the Beastie Boy sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, first of all, he told you of who I'm getting with. I'm getting with Rush. Mm-hmm. And, be, and what comes with Rush is everything is everybody else. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's like the treasure chest is now open. Mm-hmm. So he's hitting you with that, pump it up, homeboy. Mm-hmm. And then And then, like you said, man, his voice lays on top of this track so smooth. It is so smooth. When I first got this cassette tape and I went through it, like two or three times, right? Every time I came to this one, it was always a rewind before I went on. And then over time, of course, the paid and fools and everything, you know, everything started, you know, ringing more. But this was the first one that grabbed my ear. And it was the whole thing about the, I'm um, the R to the K to the say I, you know? And if I wasn't, then why would I say I am? Mm. I mean, it's all because of that right there.
0: This is this is perfection right here. I mean, it's one verse. He dropped so much knowledge in this track. You got to listen to it at least 10 times before you catch everything, okay? And I'm going to tell you something. I caught something in this track that I don't think a lot of people did. So you mentioned something up front, John, about the Beastie Boys connection, right? So it's Ad Rock up front, Pump It Up Homeboy. That's off the license to ill, right? I mean, the connection right. with Rush and all that, I mean. You know, that's obvious. But let me ask y'all something, man. When you, first, when you first hear Ad-Rock, drop that that little plug right there. Do you think, think B Rakim was paying respect here to the Beastie Boys? All I need is yes or no? No.
2: Yes. Yes, I do. You do? Mm-hmm.
0: All right, wait for it. I'm going I'm to I'm show y'all something a little bit later. I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to do it now. So Det said yes, John said no. I'm going to show you all something in a minute, all right? But first, let's start up at the top, man, because you got you gotta to break this monster down, man. And you, the only way you can do it is at the beginning, all right? He says, knowledge will begin until I finish this song. So he's telling you right up front in the beginning. This is, this is, this is going to be a lesson. You know what I mean? I'm going to teach you something right here. The knowledge that I'm dropping is not going to stop until I get to the end. Because the rhyme gets rougher as the rhyme goes on. It's going to start real simple, but then it's going to get real deep. It's going to get real thick. You know what I mean? You sweat as you step about to get hyped. You come into the club to dance. I mean, that's just what it is. But then when he steps to the mic, when Rakim steps to the mic, you have a choice. You can continue to dance. Or should you just listen to the man on the mic? You're physically in this with me. But how could you tell if it's meant to be hip-hop if you're not mentally as well? Did you just hear that right there, man? Did you hear the game that he played with you right there, that, that Rakim just played? He says, look, I know you're here with me physically, but do you really understand that this is hip hop if you're not here with me mentally as well? I mean, if this is not the, Rakim is one of the most deepest MCs that ever did it, ever. The games that he plays with you in his tracks are, are just unbelievable, man. So now let's go back to that, to that Beastie Boys connection, right? The whole pump it up. The ad rock drop, right? Go deeper down into the song, right? Much deeper down into the song. He says, for other MCs who waste time writing jokes, riddles, and maybe a rhyme. And right after that, pump it up. Did you guys catch that?
1: Right after I, that. I, I, I caught it back in the day. That's why I said no from the door.
0: Yeah, right after that, <laughs> pump it up, homeboy. Bruh, Rakim is so dope. He's so deep. He's dissing the Beastie Boys right there in this song. He's clowning them in this track right here. For other MCs who waste time writing jokes, riddles, and maybe a rhyme, that's the Beastie Boys' whole getup. Exactly. That's the. And don't get me wrong. I like yeah. the Beastie Boys. Oh, I love the Beastie Boys. I dig them. Yeah. I dig them. I, and
1: like yeah. I've always said, yeah. hip hop is not this monolithic thing that has to be all mm. socially conscious mm. or all gangster rap or all. The, it's not all of anything. It's culture. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have its own little different offshoots as long as it's still representing the culture and it's authentic Mm -hmm. then we have no problem with it now for me i think you know where i knew back then he was probably throwing shade on him i knew he was doing that back then because i understood that he was saddled with the beastie boys see it wasn't about the beastie boys giving credibility the beastie boys is not on this track to help rock him the Beastie Boys are on this track for Rock Kim to help the Beastie Boys. With legitimizing because when the Beastie Boys came out in hip hop, there weren't any white folks in hip hop. And they didn't come out in hip hop, I mean, with the exception of Blondie back in what was it? 81, 82 when she did that little uh, little hip hop little whatever, I forget it. Was, I, I forget. Was it Heart of Glass or something stupid like that? I forget. Yeah. Don't kill me with the name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But other than that, you didn't have you know, anyone else. This was helping in women. What I appreciated about the Beastie Boys, which I thought, you know, while I thought this, you know, the shade Rod was throwing at him was funny as hell, and I thought the wordplay was ingenious how he did it. So, but they were saddled with him. You know, it was like in order to do this, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to give to get. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm.
0: It was so clever how he did that, man. I mean, say what you want about the Beastie Boys. I loved them. You know what I mean, but you know I think this is Rakim telling you he wasn't feeling them. You know, for other MCs who waste time writing jokes, riddles, and maybe a rhyme. I mean, it's clear. To me, it's clear. There's no, there's no coincidence there. You know what I'm saying? Eric B. and but I mean, every move is calculated. You know, just like you know, you know, from start to finish. So I think that's what that was. Like I, I agree with you, John. I think maybe they were, uh, they were forced to use them or, 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 or use something to, to advertise. You know, the Beastie Boys. You know, and, you know, Eric B. Rakim was trying to help them. You know, maybe that was Rush, you know, asking them to do that. Of course. Of course. You know I mean? Of course.
2: know that for sure. Like,
0: no, nah, we don't. That's just my opinion. And I agree I with you. Never,
2: I'm saying I never
0: heard a beef between them back nah, then. Maybe nah,
2: maybe not a beef. Maybe not a beef.
0: It's an
1: artistic thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like it's a competitive thing. It's just like when, you know, if we – when you go on stage, that you're trying to, if you go to a comedy club and there's six comedians, you all may be chopping it up before and after. But when you're on stage, you're trying to destroy those other comedians. Mm-hmm. You want the biggest laughs. You want that crowd. You want everybody walking out of there forgetting their names and remembering yours. That's what this is about right here. It ain't, I, I think it was just that natural leave competitive side think about it 1987 we already I already gave you 10 names 10 titans almost all of them were bangers and he's a debuter but to, to go further from what you're saying Scott I think he was throwing shade at the beasties but not just them mm-hmm. because what did he finish off by saying I crossed my arms and I was waiting but I was hating the rappers on the microphone was fronting just faking they wasn't breaking Talk about why they're dancing. You know, all the cats on the stage dancing, all this. Mm. Which means I was aching to get to the microphone and just start, and then start taking control of the mic. And so on, how how he ran through there. He's talking about, he's standing on stage with his arms crossed. Mm-hmm. Everyone else out there dancing and gyrating. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing all that. Mm-hmm. Y'all do all that. I'm here to be the lyricist. Y'all want to be freaking Richard Simmons on the microphone? Go right ahead. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? I ain't here for that. I'm here to move the crowd, make this money. That's what I'm here to do.
0: Period. I love when MCs respect the essence of hip-hop. I love it, man. I, I, I love it, man. And I always harp on it. And I'm sure you all are tired of hearing me talk about it, man. But let's let's back up a little bit. A I little can bit. never
1: start hearing you talk about that. <laughs> tell you right now. Let me be clear.
0: Okay. Okay. But let's go back up to, I guess, the middle of the song. He goes... Before I let go, I'ma spark your brain cells. I took time to write, tonight I will recite. So poetically inclined when the mic is held tight. Rhymes start flowing, kisses are blowing. MCs are knowing that's why they're going home to tell a friend when the party ends. Yo, you know that dude Rakim? That brother struck again. He's telling you, man, I'm poetically inclined. That's just, that's just who I am, I'm Rakim. You know what I'm saying? He respects the the essence of hip hop. And
1: the the essence of poetry. That was a four count standard. That was a four count. Each stanza was four counts. Right.
0: Go ahead, man. Nah, I mean, you said it right there. I mean, he understands the structure, he understands meter, he understands time. And the way he puts it together, nobody else was doing it that way. The way he structured his his rhymes, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. I mean, I just can't say that enough. Universal because mm-hmm. I move
1: everybody to come. Mm-hmm. By exercising your by exercising your mind, you'll coincide as one. Mm-hmm. You look around and see how packed the party starts to get. I draw a crowd like an architect. The five boroughs react mm-hmm. and all the islands attract.
0: You know what he meant with that?
1: Yeah. Long Island, that's everything. everything. I'm taking it all. Yeah. I'm taking it. I covered everything like a blanket right now. Let me come on, you. man. Let me tell you, you. just ask me that I know what he meant by that. <laughs>
0: nah. Come I, on, I, man. That was, that was rhetorical. Come on. That come was on. rhetorical. Because come on. We, we just got finished covering. I wouldn't him. be on this show if I ain't know what he meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> but take it, man. We just got finished covering BDP, right? Now, everything with right? them. Everything with them. South Bronx. 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 We from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Juice Crew. Queens. 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 Queens Nas. Queensbridge. Queensbridge. Shan Queensbridge, Queensbridge, Marley, you know Marley, Queensbridge. Everybody identifies themselves with a borough. You understand what I mean? So here we come with Eric B and Rakim. They're like, "Fuck all that." You know, we ain't about identifying ourselves with just a particular region. The whole situation reacts when we step up to the mic. The whole everybody. situation. <laughs> so give me the boroughs, give me all the islands. It's everybody. Come you on, what I mean? man. It's just. Yeah, I mean I could go on and on and on about this particular this is this record this right. this track right here is is, is perfection, man. Right? And if you wasn't checking for this record right here when you put on paid in full, you missed the boat. And you know what's funny? I really thought
1: they should've put this in mm-hmm. King of New York instead of Schoolie D's joint. I really thought this was a better during the shootout scene when they're in the club, right before the end of the movie. You know what I mean where the uh, police come. Okay. Okay. And, and shoot up the club and everything mm-hmm. where everybody's hanging out, you know. That's a schooly D song right mm-hmm. in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I really thought it should have been this, man, because he's talking about just like you just said how he's controlling everything. That was Frank White. If a dime bag sold in the park, I went in. You guys got fat while I was away. Mm. <laughs> I love that. I I love that movie. To me, this this right here, you know, you always have that. I don't want to call it the underdog or the run of the litter, but you always have that surprise. Let me call it that. That's what it was you always though. Always have that hand up Mona Lisa's skirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is it right
0: here. No man. doubt. This, no doubt. This is it. No doubt. Listen, I mean, check out the end of the song. I mean, he ends it perfectly. There's no other way to end this song than how he did, man. You know what I mean? He says, "I hope you acknowledge the beginning, cause I'm finished this song." The rhyme gets rougher as the rhyme flows on. He completes the circle. I mean, he started with that, and then he ends with it. I hope right. you understood what I did. I hope you understood the knowledge that I just dropped because it only gets, it only gets worse after this. It only gets rougher as, as we move on as a crew, Eric B and Rakim. As I move on, it only gets rougher after this. So I hope you're on my level. If not, you're going to miss it. You just went to the end, but can I go back up to verse oh, one? we can do this over. We can do this all. I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. You ready? Mm. You're physically in this with me. Mm. I'm taking you with me. Mm. Now, understand we already talked about, you know, one of the my favorite bar, which is also DMX's favorite bar from Rakim ever. You know what I mean? Stop bugging. A brother said, dig him. I never dug him. Mm -hmm. He couldn't follow the leader long enough, so I drug him. That was on the next, you know what I mean? That's that's in the future he said that in comparison to this, right? But he already said, he says it again, right? He says it right here. Before he says that, he says it right here. You're physically in this with me. I'm dragging you along here with me. Mm -hmm. But how could you tell if it's meant to be hip-hop If you're not mentally as well ready to absorb the rhyme that I just poured into the mic and so unite and this won't be so bored. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that his melodic flow and the slowness of this tempo compared to hip hop in 1987, which was real fast Mm paced, that 808 heavy kick drum, everything was, you know, loud and bassed out. And I'm saying this didn't have those elements but it had those elements to a lesser degree. So he's telling you right here, don't get bored, though. If you just keep kicking and listening to the mix and think, you'll sink into the rhyme like quicksand. So he's telling you at the beginning, I'm going to drag you with me, and if you open up your mind, you'll be so submersed in this, just like quicksand. Mm -hmm. You'll understand it all. It'll be all around you. Get ready. Become a sponge. Why is he saying absorb? Because he wants you to take it in. Why is he saying poured? Because he's telling you, I'm trying to put this in you. I want you to absorb what I'm trying to put in you. And if you do, it's going to be all around you. Knowledge of self. Once you have knowledge of self,
0: 360s. You got to finish it, though. You got to finish. I'm, 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 I'm here hopping in my chair, bro. You got to finish it, man. You going to finish it? You going to really finish it. it? So go ahead and finish it. So he goes on to say, holds and controls you till I leave. You know what I mean? Then he goes, you fall deeper in the style. It's hard to breathe. The only time I stop is when somebody drop. And then bring him to the front because my rhymes, the oxygen. Come on, man. I don't even know what to say, man. Come on, man. I don't even Come know on. what to say. I'm, just, I'm over here rubbing my eyes because I, really, I don't even know what to Come say. Come on. Come on, man, and when
1: you step from verse one mm-hmm. and we got so deep into verse two and then we were finishing off, I was like, we gotta go back. We can't leave the money on the table. Mm-hmm. Can't, that's the money right there.
0: I mean, I don't think you'll ever find come I, on man I don't think you'll ever find a clearer example of an MC telling you how dope he is and how next level he is and how much better he is than you. but he does it in a way where as he's explaining you know how deep he is, there's no, there's no way you can, there's no retort. There's no, I mean, there's nothing you can do other than sit back and listen to him. Again, Eric being Rakim at this point, they're new to the game, they're rookies, and to have a rookie, <laughs> really? and to have a rookie drop this gem on you, album one, you know, track five wow. or six or whatever this is, he's rookie of the year. I don't care how yeah. you slice it, man. It's
1: a really unassuming name to a track. Mm-hmm. It's a really long name. It's a jazz name. So you got to really get into this one. And I really hope you guys out there listening really understand what this really is. This is as the rhyme goes on. Mm -hmm. That's so jazzy. Mm -hmm. Like you said, that Miles, you know what I mean? That Miles Davis. And the the complexities in each one of these lines, because he is a poet, so he understands how to write poetry. He understood how to match up and stack all these syllables on top of one another to make it all, first of all, sound appealing to your ears. And at the same time, he's putting knowledge inside of them. He just told you that he's gonna carry you like a backpack and put knowledge into you and take your breath away because you're gonna be so amazed at that knowledge, but hold on. Because I'm about to give you the oxygen, which is going to be your relief. Once you get your oxygen, Scott, you got to finish it. What are you going to be once you get your oxygen? If you're dying and somebody gives you oxygen, first thing you're going to do is be happy as all get out, right? Mm. You're going to wave your hands. (laughs) You know, then you wave your hands when you're ready. And I'm going to get you out there and go ahead and dance and be jubilant now.
0: Man, listen, the the, the, the reason why this is my favorite part of this song is because Rakim is so confident. And that he knows that you're feeling him now. He knows that once you got through all the the bullshit, once you once you once you finished it, once you once you once you once you committed to, to to like trying to understand who he is as an MC, he knows that you know he's gonna he's gonna bring you in like quicksand, and it's gonna be hard to breathe, you know, because the the amount of knowledge that he's forcing on you is. Is not something that you've ever heard before, so you're not used to it. But don't worry about it because the more you listen, the more alive you're going to become. You know, my rhymes are the oxygen. You see what I'm saying? You're going to become awake now. I mean, right. that's just – I mean, how, how, how old is Rakim right here? 20, 21? 22 yeah. years old? You right. know, what, what does a 21, 22-year-old kid know about, about this? You know what I mean? But I mean, he's given you what he's studied. It's
1: not – and see, that's the best part about it. Mm-hmm. He's given you what he has studied. It's not something that he has, you know, he's given you. And when you study study the teachings of wise men, it helps you become even a little bit wiser a little earlier. If you start studying Socrates and Plato at the age of five, by the time you get, you know, older, you're going to have a better understanding than somebody who studied it when they're in there when they're older in life and the reason why is because there's a certain point in time when information is called getting imprinted on you when you learn certain spiritual things at a very young age like he did you know what i mean it creates because you're learning from a higher level of wisdom is going to create a more wiser person earlier on in life you know he's a very read very learned individual You know what I mean? Cause these, cause how he's breaking down these stanzas, he puts this in the middle of this long run on sentence. I don't see one period. This is the one long ass run on sentence. It is poetry in motion right here.
0: Is, uh, is an instrumental uh, Chinese arithmetic, and this is a, a Eric B showcase right here. Now, I like this moment because we can spend some time, you know, discussing Eric B as a producer. Now, I'm gonna say it's something very controversial, and I want you guys, you know, let's debate it together as a crew. So, last week, I mean, I keep pointing back to last week because that was a very important episode for us, man. You know. Um, Debut album. Now I'm talking just debut albums. Now, okay. So Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded. You know Eric B and Rakim famous for. Now from a from a production standpoint, there's no debating the importance of Scott Rock with respect to you know who BDP was as a group, as a crew. And you can say the same thing about Eric B. You know with respect to Eric B and Rakim. Now from an influential standpoint, you know so where hip hop went after these albums dropped. How would you rate the importance of Scott Rock versus Eric B? Now, I'm not saying they ever win against each other. I'm not saying this is a competition. I'm talking about straight influence on the game after these albums drop. What I'm gonna say is, and i go first because I'm the one that posed the question. I think Eric B was a much more influential producer after these albums dropped. Agreed. What do you think that
2: I'm with you on that one? I, I think so. I mean before the albums dropped he was pretty much a gangster mm-hmm. a lot of people may not know that, but he was a, he was a street gangster. So You know, yeah, he, he was in the music and stuff like that a lot of the people out there were in the music in Those days and they were still gangsters, too I mean some of the most hardcore people I know of are In the music, but they were still gangsters. So mm-hmm. I don't think he was thought about beforehand as he was after the album dropped mm. and i think that made him a much more uh noticed and effective producer after the album dropped you know what that's a very important
0: aspect about who eric b was or is he's not dead who eric b is as a person um that's a very important aspect that you just brought up there about you know his his uh his street life you know um and look no further than the back of the paid-in-full album cover. And you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Right, right. That that famous picture on the back, I mean, there is so much symbolism on the back of that album cover, it's ridiculous. That is a gangster photo right there.
2: Exactly.
0: Let's be clear. So let's start on the left of the photo. The guy kneeling with his hand on Eric B's right shoulder. That's none other than Supreme Magnetic, one of the most legendary hustlers, you know in Supreme. Brooklyn. You know, and then you got the legendary 50 Cent kneeling on the bottom right-hand corner. The, the real 50 Cent. The real 50 Cent. And then who Thank is? And, and then who's kneeling behind 50 Cent? Freddie Fox. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's be clear. Freddie Fox is a goon. Bumpy Knuckles. Freddie Fox is a gangster. Okay. And then who do you have standing behind Eric B? That's Killer Ben, another legendary, you know, hustler in New York City. Right? And then who do you have standing next to Rakim? Who's that who's that who's that guy with the brown leather jacket standing next to Rakim in the picture? You know what who, I'm saying? Who's G-Rap? None other than G Rap. Yeah.
2: Hey, G Rap. Come on, man. Him and Ma, him and his wife Ma Barker. <laughs> <laughs> She's not in the in the picture, but yeah, it's that's something serious to have yourself called G-Rap and your wife, Ma Bar. That's, that's <laughs> them street names right there. Good Lord. Right, right, right. See, this is
1: authenticity right here. Yeah. These aren't made up individuals. This is this guy's life. You understand what I'm saying? And it's just one of those things, man. That's, and when people download music and all that, this is, I think we said this on the uh, either the Nas or the Jay-Z episode, where we were you know we had to seek out our music and it was fun to do that and it was great to touch the music because you got a chance to see the art you're not going to see the back of the album cover if you download it mm-hmm. you're you're not going to know this we're, we're talking about with respect to Eric B yeah because
0: all you, all you did was download a song agreed agreed and as far as hip hop album covers go i don't care what you say there is nothing more hip-hop than the back of that Payton food joint. That is hip-hop to the core, that picture exactly. on the back.
2: All of those dudes are certified hardcore street dudes. Mm-hmm. All of them. Wasn't those? What shame in 50s game. They let you know i stick you up. Mm-hmm. That was one of them, like, blink your eyes, you die in the dark. It took one of his boys to actually take him out because, you know, he, his name was that big in the streets. Yeah. That that picture, that picture right there is official. That's that to me is like the black mafia picture right there. Yeah. I mean you go back and look at the old pictures right, like, right.
0: you know, you go back and look at them old pictures of Jesse James and, you know, Frank James and their crew. There's so much symbolism in those pictures. It's the same thing with that one, man. I mean, that picture was taken. It was the position of those people in that picture is was considered very carefully. Right? That was that was a that was a oh, no.
1: th- that wasn't by chance. Nah,
0: nah. Eric B and Rakim in the middle, you know what I'm saying? Supreme magnetic, with his hand on Eric B's shoulder. I mean, this some a they're yeah. connected. Yeah, there's some messages connected. being connected. Right. Yeah, they're right. connected.
2: Right. There's some messages being sent and, with that. And pointed out, first time you ever seen the R with a smirk, smile, or showing teeth on his face at <laughs> all. That's the truth. That lets you know, like I've said before, I wasn't. I'm never been one of those people to say I was the hardest dude in my clique. But that lets you know right there, he may not have been the hardest, but, you know what I'm saying, he was at least one of those that loved laughing and smiling. The rest of them wasn't no real smile out of some of them. You know, Eric B, you look at Eric B, Eric B had the same face no matter what he did. Eric yeah. B probably eat sandwiches yeah. looking like that. He <laughs> probably buy clothes yeah. looking like yeah. that. He Yo. Just, Yo. Eric B probably have sex looking like that. Same look on his face. <laughs> Eric B just, he don't change. Eric yeah. B probably opened Christmas presents on, there, on Sunday with that same look. Never said he was happy. Look at the presents like, yeah, this is And just kept it moving. That's <laughs> it, right there.
0: <laughs> I mean, much respect to him. I mean, the traditional boom bap sound of the 80s was present in his production. I mean, even, you know, track number two, you know, on this particular album right here was the other, you know, uh, instrumental track, Eric B's on the cut. I mean, he followed the formula. You know what I mean? The kick and the snare is present. That boom bap is there. But with Eric B, man, I mean, I can't put my hand on it. There's something else going on. Like his vision, like the way he introduced other melodies, other samples. I mean, you got the the Barry White that was in, you know, um, As the Rhyme Goes On. Right, right. You, know, you got right. my melody, you know, I Ain't No Joke. There's something else that's complementing that boom bap. And that's what I meant with respect to how he influenced like the Pete Rocks, you know, the Primo's, the large professors, you know what I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, influence there that's going on. And, um, you know, that's really what I wanted to, to come through with respect to how we discuss Eric B. here and what his legacy, you know, contains. I mean, he was one of those most influential producers of all time, I think, and who he helped birth after this. Let me ask you a question, man. I'm not trying to be disrespectful here at all. i'm not I love Eric B as a producer. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. I mean, his ability to pick loops and choose melodies and inject them into his songs is unprecedented. But when you listen to Chinese arithmetic, doesn't it sound like somebody's taking a piss in the background? Don't you wonder where you got that sample from i don't,
2: I don't listen to that many people take a piece, so I mean you know I mean but you that's do. how you feel you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what it sounds like, though. I'm just making sure ain't nobody watching. That's what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, I got my my head is on swivel at that point, even in my own house. Like, well, somebody might bust through the front door and be like, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Nah. Mm-mm. I will I will be honest. I did at one point
1: think that, but I didn't want to answer because I wanted you to get the crickets like I got last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like, some sort of pouring water, and I thought it—you, know, you know, eighty-seven household, everybody had yeah. one of those little uh, Chinese <laughs> you know what, though, little art,
3: little mm. water fountain joints. You know oh, what yeah, I'm saying?
0: Yeah, John, you know what though—you know, you were, right. were right just now. But I mean, the reason why I brought that up, though, man, is because I mean, in, you know, trying to explain myself now. <laughs> I mean, Eric B was very experimental, right, with his production. He was—he had balls, you know. He—he he, he wasn't afraid to try different things. So I awesome. think I think that's what this was. Why, all, right, all right? Eric B had courage to try different things, you know. I, and, and honestly, I think that's what this track was. This was something different right here. Nothing really sounded like this, mm-hmm. which is why it stood out. Don't forget, it came out in the summertime. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, this this dropped in the hot of
1: July. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. And I, and this may have just been a little bit of that experimental with the Herbie Hancock sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, rocket. So I think that's where he was going with that. Okay. You know, when when I heard Chinese take that's who I first thought of was Herbie Hancock. Make a make make, make them clap to this. To show our
3: appreciation for your support.
4: Make a make a make, make clap to this. Thank
3: you, DJs. <laughs> make a clap
4: to this. Make a make, them clap, make them clap to this. Make a make a clap to this. Make a, make a, fake, a, fake a, a clap to this. Clap to this. For. I never let the mic magnetize me no more, but it's biting me, fighting me, inviting me to rhyme. I can't hold it back, I'm looking for the line. Taking off my coat, clearing my throat. The rhyme will be kicking it till I hit my last note. My mind remains a fine, all kind of ideas. Self esteem makes it seem like a thought it took years to build, but still say a rhyme after the next one. Prepared, never scared, I'll just bless one. And you know that the solo wins, so Eric B, make him clap to this. Make, make, make a make, make him clap to this.
0: Now this feeds right into what we just said about Eric B on the last track. I mean, his experimentation in production shines through, I think, more than any other on this track right here. This is the first time you really heard Eric B and Rakim together as a crew. I mean, it wasn't even Eric B and Rakim. They weren't even called that back then. This was Eric B featuring Rakim. That's the... That was the official name of, of, of their group when this particular track came out. But I mean, if you ever needed, you know, uh, a curtain call or like a closed curtain, you know, for for who Rakim was as a lyricist, I mean, just listen to this one right here. This has got to be his most recognizable, his most, you know, this is
2: this is this is genuine Rakim right here. Listen, man, when this beat came on at the party back then. In especially in the hood projects wherever, wherever i was at you know, back then in, in jersey mm-hmm. man listen this everybody threw their hands up on the floor it was it was on with this one right here just that beat that came on that right there just that first part that, that beat this is my favorite on the album right here this yeah. one right here this kept your head bob well i like
0: it i think that's my favorite part of the whole of, of, of verse one right there how he opens it I mean, I mean, Rakim constantly refers to himself as an addict, right, as a fiend of not, you know, not drugs, obviously, but he's a fiend. He's a hip hop fiend. And the mic keeps calling him. And he said, look, I said it before. I'll never let the mic magnetize me no more, but it keeps calling me. It's biting me, fighting me, biting me to rhyme. I can't hold it back. I'm looking for the line. I mean he's just dis- he's, he's telling you I mean he's discussing it like he's a like he's a drug addict so this I mean, right here
2: this, this song is a drug to me right now it's got me having flashbacks to to being at the party I'm I'm literally in my head seeing all the the t-shirts that everybody wore back then and you sit up there you see the the uh, crew names on the back I mean some of my boys two- just two it was only two, two people in their three crew three and they called three themselves just two three DBL, dbl down by law C- even though you know on the slide we called them dark black and lonely but it was it was what it was i mean you see the crews out there gq slide slide stupid. Sly, <laughs> <laughs> you got issues, man. <laughs> yo, it's just every we everybody had their little crews. I mean, this is sending me into such a flashback. Everybody had their crew all around the party, and this song came on. Your hands went up, and it was just like, yo, clap your hands to what he's doing. It's just, it's just, it was just done. I
1: love the way it opened, man. Now, what, what's the first thing you hear? They say thank you. Thank you for your support. It's a female's voice, remember? Yeah. So when you hear that, to me, this is the celebratory song. This is this is our victory lap. We know we did it. We know we did it. You know what I mean? And he takes you all the way through this victory lap. Yeah. And I love towards the middle bottom part of of verse two, say indeed, and I'll proceed. Because my man made a mix. If he bleed, he won't need no band-aid to fix. His fingertips sew a rhyme until there's no rhyme left. I hurry up because the cut will make him bleed to death. But he's kicking it, cause ain't no half-stepping. The party is live. The rhyme can't be kept inside. It needs erupting just like a volcano. It's hard for me to, without just jumping up and down right now, losing all the wind in my body, thinking about all the times I've screamed that out in the club. Hmm. From that point on through the rest of the jam, man. Because he's saying that my DJ is so so deaf that even even if he cuts himself, he'll heal himself. Just by the way that I'm able to rhyme over top of his beat. But he's gonna keep going because I'm gonna keep going. Because we're competing with each other. There ain't no half stepping. Even if we get a little tired, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep pushing forward. He told you in the, he told you in verse one about the self-esteem part.
0: Oh, can I talk about that for a second, man? Yeah. Just, I didn't mean to interrupt you, John. I'm sorry. I don't like to do that. You know what I mean? But Nah, go with it. Go with it. This right here, and I was waiting to jump on it, man. This right here. Verse one. I mean, Perfect example of how complex Rakim is. I'm not talking about from a message standpoint. I'm talking about from a structure standpoint. Do you see how he put that line together right there? Right. Of course. Back up up before, the line before that. That's where he sets it up. My mind remains refined. All kind of ideas. Self-esteem makes it seem like a thought took years to build. How you put a a, a line together, you can't do it no better than that. It was just like what I was saying before on the first track. This is sheet music. This is Miles Davis sheet music right here. You give this to another MC and it's gonna sound like complete shit. You know what I mean? Nobody can put a line like that together. Like nobody can put lines together like Rakim. I mean, it's like math. It's like math, and he's the, you know, and he's, you know, he's the supreme mathematician. That right there is 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 math. That's mathematics right there, in line with the beat in the time that that Eric B laid out for him. How he put that together is just genius. No doubt, man, no doubt. But I'll say a rhyme after the next one, prepared, never scared, I'll just bless one. And you know that I'm the soloist, so Eric B make him clap to this. Come on, man.
1: No doubt, man, That's no
0: doubt. Because to me,
1: Mm -hmm. MC means move the crowd. Stop right there. I made it easy to (laughs) dance to this. (laughs) Because to me, cause to me you know you you know I had to go there oh, cuz to, <laughs> to me to me listen <laughs> there's your opinion there's his opinion and then there's my opinion mm. to me mc means move to crowd mm. so you know who he's talking to right there right
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you got to back up though you got to set that up though you know what i mean you got to set well, it up
1: well I, well, I wanted to, well, I wanted to serve and volley with you.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'm about to knock this out of the park for you real quick. No, no, no. Serve and volley for a minute. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> when did he give you the instructions on how to do this? He gave you the instructions. You remember that? He gave yes, you the instructions. Sir. The first instruction was, ain't no mistakes allowed, right? The second instruction was, you got to put it together. He put exactly. it together right here. But back up to that first line, Eric, be easy on the cut. No mistakes allowed. He's repeating the instructions for you, right? He's already established that he's the God MC. That's Rakim Allah right here. Then he goes on to say, because to me, who is he? He's the God. He's the God MC. So his opinion not only is important to him, his opinion is important to everyone. He's the God MC. He's speaking right now. Because to me, MC means move the crowd. He's telling you right there in one line the difference between an MC and a rapper and what an MC means. No mistakes allowed. An MC means you got to move the crowd. Right, 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 right. Wrap it up for you real tight in the bundle right there.
1: So he tells you at the end of all that, go get a girl and get soft and warm. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's how he starts. He 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 starts verse three off with the salutation. See you later. Get out of here. Go play in traffic, kids. You're bothering me. You know what I mean? Don't get excited. You've been invited to a quiet Mm storm. You know what I mean? But now it's out of hand because you told me you hate me.
0: Have you seen a metaphor like Rakim used at the end of this song? Have you ever seen anything more cutthroat than that before? (laughs) He said, you caught an attitude, you need food to eat up. I'm scheming like I'm dreaming on the couch with my feet up. You scream, I'm lazy. Yeah. You must be crazy. Thought I was a donut. You tried to glaze I me. To glaze me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, who hasn't said that at some point in some time? Oh. If you're into hip hop and you were around hip hop at any time within a five-year span, either before or after this, you heard that. It's been on. You know what I mean? Martin has used it. Yeah. So many comedians have
0: used that. Yeah. Thought I was a donut. You tried to glaze me. Oh, yeah. That's up there with that With that Martin. What did he say? Right. Uh, not, not not Martin. Uh, Orange Juice Jones, right? Orange Juice Jones. I, yeah, you know yeah. what
1: the funny thing is? I knew, <laughs> I knew what you
0: meant. Yeah. <laughs> When
1: you said Martin, I knew you meant Orange Juice Jones. Oh
0: my! But God. yeah, 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 he's yeah, your, yeah. You're just a squirrel trying to get a nut. Get a nut. <laughs> it's my world. Silly <laughs> rabbit, <laughs> tricks are for kids. <laughs> this is up there with that. You uh, know what I mean?
2: I ain't gonna lie, I've used it myself, but I used it a different way. Oh. I said it. Somebody said it there. Somebody, somebody sat it there and said something slick to me one day. I said, listen, I got a donut maker at my house, and it was like, the hell is that? And I was like, that's that 12 gauge. That's a like, i glazing. I'll put a <laughs> hole in you, make you a donut dude, if you want it. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. That Mossberg. <laughs> yeah, man. You had me sitting here talking like Private Power. the way you slide right into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You
1: stupid. Lubricated just, just nice. The slide is so smooth. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Quick
0: bolt action.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, hey. so be dropping full metal jacket. <laughs> yeah, hey, we dropping them in.
2: Choke yourself. <laughs> Lean forward and choke yourself.
0: But um, what I want to say about this track, man, is uh, this is the signature Eric B and Rakim track. I mean, I don't care what record you're talking about in their catalog. I think between this and probably The Ledge, represent signature egg being Rakim tracks. So you're saying this is their Motown. This is their sound. Yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. I think this is their signature yeah, yeah. track right here.
2: Nah, I can't yeah. go along with that. I can go along with that
1: because you know what? That's what took me a minute to answer that. Seriously, because I had to play a bunch of them in my head. I think this is their. I think this is more so their style, mm-hmm. their tempo. Uh, but
2: yeah, so I can say this is yeah. My visual went to uh, you know follow the leader. So I feel you on that. I'm, I'm on comparing that. both songs and I'm like no, there there was a different energy on follow the leader and uh, a different beat style than it was on yeah. you know Eric B for president. So that's why I said I can't say that it is you know this is that uh, you know they they're Motown right here. I can't say that. So, now, do I feel they had, you know, certain songs and certain albums that stood out more than the others? Yeah. But this one, to me, yeah, definitely stood out. And then let's, let we go to the next one, which is, you know, you got to follow the leader. You got you know, even on this was a microphone theme, mm-hmm. you got a lot of stuff that, that stands out for them. So, I can't say this was their Motown. And another reason why I can't say it is because they only had, what was it, three albums? three four albums and and it was over after that so it's like if they come out with another yeah their run was short yeah yeah and and they got another album coming out or something like that then okay boom then we could say all right maybe it was their motown or whatever but when your your career is so short lived, there wasn't a motown you you more or less along the lines of uh chess records you know what i'm saying (laughs) you're not along (laughs) the lines of motown (laughs)
1: <laughs> stupid. No, nah, I was saying Motown, the aspect of there's a certain style, there's a certain you know what I mean, there's just a certain genocide, quad. there's just a certain thing, you know what I mean? So when I think about Eric B and Rakim, now for me, because I love hip-hop so much, I do think about their entire catalog, of course, but that first two-second glimpse is you know, these first 15 words I came in the door, I said it before You know,
0: I mean, that's, this is kind of like their motif. You know, I'm hard-headed, I'm biased. I don't think anyone, I'm talking about hip hop, you know, in general, I don't think you could come with a better debut song than Eric B as president. That was their introduction. This was their introduction to hip hop. And I think this was shocking to the hip hop community as a whole because not only did you have a producer that introduced himself, but you had Rakim who introduced himself as an MC, who was leaps and bounds above 99% of anybody else that was out there. He was a rookie, but he was the best
2: in the game. Save for maybe KRS-One. But when there. you get KRS-One, did you see that? Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago to a couple months ago. KRS-One actually sitting down with Rakim, like he was starstruck. You know what I mean? Respect. So, yeah. mm-hmm. So that respect right there shows you, man, listen – Karis, one, is a teacher, but also Rakim, he considered Rakim a teacher, and, uh, and you know, of oh, uh, uh, great respect, so both of them
4: follow me into a solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Music makes mellow, maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates to break Some everlasting. I can go on for days and days with rhyme displays that engraved, deep as x-rays. I can take a phrase that's rarely heard, flip it, now it's a daily word. I can get ill at and all killing bomb, but no alarm, Rock him remain calm. Self-esteem, make me super superb and supreme. Before a microphone, still I vein This was a tape, I wasn't supposed to break, I was supposed to wait, but let's motivate, I wanna see and keep following and swallowing. Take taking the make, right, following. Rubber's try another others die to get the formula, but I'ma let you sweat, you still ain't formula. you a step away from frozen, stiff as if you're posing, dig into my brain as the rhyme gets chosen, so follow me and what you're thinking, you were first, let's travel at magnificent speeds around the universe, what could you say as the earth gets further and further away, planets are small as a balls of clay, astray until the milky way, world's out of sight, far as the eye can see, not even a satellite, now stop and turn around and look, as you stand in darkness, you're now just took, so keep staring soon, you suddenly see a star, you better follow it, consist all as we
2: close out the show you know as i always like to do i like to give everybody a positive quote and this is just one of mine from my head that i like to uh say i pulled this strictly off my laptop and it says uh i will go anywhere as long as it's forward even if there's an obstacle in my my way i don't go around it i don't duck under it i don't jump over it i hit that obstacle and go straight through it and keep moving so keep looking forward don't look back and keep pushing your life ahead and reach for that brighter star. now as we close out on my end i like to say thank you to spike lee because without him a lot of the things i looked at in my life as far as a hollywood standpoint wouldn't be where they are now i have a lot of big things coming up in 2016 and hearing a lot of his message lately has really helped me realize sometimes you don't need Hollywood to be successful. And I was feeling a little uh, a little remiss to not mention that, yeah, I'm out there doing comedy, but I'm not grinding as hard as some of my other comedy uh, uh, counterparts because I did grind in the 90s. I've done the comedy where I sat up there and ate lima beans for a week Trying to make it to the next show and stuff and now i'm actually behind the scenes with a lot of stuff and i'm still in front of the the camera also doing a lot of things but in 2016 look out for a lot of things coming from me i can't explain or can't state what they actually are but there are at least three projects that i'm working on that will be released in 2016. so keep an eye on the lookout for them respect to michael b jordan from jersey uh for his uh you know his entertainer of the year from the the uh NAACP awards I refute the, spat, the fact that he sat up there and did not get the nod for uh actor of the year or the uh, the best actor award for the Oscars you know they shunned us this year but it is what it is and also the one thing I finally want to state the netflix uh documentary making a murderer free that man and his nephew that was such a travesty and in, in a uh, a miscarriage of justice and those people who sat up there and did all that to those two gentlemen need to be locked up themselves and serve the time that those those guys were sentenced to Peace
0: okay I'll keep this uh actually short honestly I want to thank my fa- <clears throat> I want to thank my family for giving me the time to sit here and do this show with you guys this takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort we we pull a lot of, of uh, late hours to put this these episodes together but um, my family never never blinks an eye they just keep going and keep rolling with me and uh, they're my biggest fans so I just want to say you know I love you I appreciate you know the time that you allot for me to do this show you never complain and I love you for it uh, lastly, you know, as always, we give much, much love, much respect to Hip Hop Golden Age. Um, they continue to support the show. They continue to pump us on Twitter, uh, and, on, and on Facebook, and on their website. Uh, the support has been phenomenal, and um, you know, the reach that we have, we wouldn't have it without you. So, a million thanks.
1: All right, everybody. I'd like to just say thank you. You know, I've been getting a lot of love on the Facebook page. You know, is bubbling nicely. want to also say thank you to uh, Famous for stopping by, you know, dropping off a couple bars with us. I also want to give a shout-out to, uh, you know, you guys, y'all know me. It's the simple pleasures in life. <laughs> and uh, one thing I do like to do when I'm back in Pittsburgh is stop around different spots and eat a little bit. <laughs> and the latest, my latest greatest find... <laughs> Is uh, Pittsburgh Pizza and Grill. Uh, it's actually my uh, cousin's spot. It's at 918 Main Street, Pittsburgh, PA. Their phone number is 412 784 1236. And uh, the food, man, Scott, let me tell you this is my cousin. This is her kids and her mom, full bread Italian. Full bread Italian. And the food, man, she used to make these marinara meatballs, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I used to just, you know, when I think about my Aunt Kathy and I think about, you know, that side of my family and everything, it's just like, you know, just visions of so many different sausage and peppers. Just, It's just delectable, man. <laughs> I know we're a hip-hop show, man, but, you know, we, I like to eat. You like to eat, Scott? Oh, you know that. Look at me. <laughs> and, you know, every time we go to Pittsburgh, I'm always taking you somewhere to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always in the strip up and by somewhere down there, you know, or out in Coriopolis over at Big Shot Bob's. You know, Jamie Battles' spot. Remember we went there that one time? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He, uh, you know, <laughs> has a, they have a nice little situation over there. But um, and they opened up a new one in this area called Carnegie, too. You know it's kind of crazy. Mm. Every every everybody's back in Pittsburgh making restaurants because every time I come through is all I do is breathe and eat. <laughs> I come out of Pittsburgh, man, after a weekend of being there, and I gain like 10 pounds it seems. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know. Again, thank you to Famous. I also want to say thank you to all my family and friends who uh, have really been you know very supportive as. My family and I went through the passing of my father. You know what I mean? Everybody was extraordinarily supportive about that. Um, you know, I saw a lot of different people, and uh, you know, it's definitely just another aspect of life. But I just want to say thank you for that. And I also want to thank, say thank you to our followers on the Facebook fan page or on the Facebook page. You know, what you guys are doing out there, all the commenting. Scott, Depp, and myself, we all enjoy being able to interact with each and every one of you through Facebook. Um, We also want to start interacting with you guys on Instagram as well as Twitter, you know, because the bigger we make the light, the more the light can shine on what the real hip hop is, and the more also the light can just burn out what those weeds are, you know, so we can take the industry back. To what the consumers and what the real culture of hip-hop is all about. Which is just inspiring, uplifting, and just telling us, just being socially conscious through the music. You know, so again, I want to thank everybody who's uh, bigging up the Light Podcast. We definitely appreciate it. We definitely appreciate all the We definitely appreciate all the love. Keep, keep sharing us with all your friends and uh, just keep giving us feedback as well. Three minus four.
4: Sip the juice. Got enough to go around, and the thought takes place uptown. I grew up on a sidewalk while I'm street talking, Then they talk to the whole New York. I go to Queens for Queens to get the food from Brooklyn. They're funny in Manhattan and never been took Go uptown to the Bronx and bogey down. go strong on the island, the and lay around. Time to build my juice back up, Pop stack up, suckers get smacked up. Don't doubt the cloud. You know what I'm about. I'm getting off, knocking them down, shaking them up, waking them up, breaking them up, breaking them up, standing on shaky ground. Too- Let's see if I know the ledge. Corners, trifling, shorties here. I get cocked, deep, living these to beer. Here's a sip for the crew, that's deceased. If I get revenge, then they rest in peace. Somebody got to suffer, I just might spare one. And give a brother a fair one. Stay alerted on fees. And I do work with these, like Hercules. Switch to south switch to right jaw. Move, but I move like an army Pull a group down, face brothers, try to bomb me Put brothers to rest like Elliot Ness Cause I don't like stress Streets ain't a place for innocent bystanders to stand Nothing's gonna stop the plan I'll chill like Mugino, kill like the middle Black and Bino, die like a hero Living on shaky grounds, too close to the edge Let's see if I know the ledge. Shells lay around on the battleground, dead bodies are found throughout the town Try to put shame in my game and make a name I'ma put it on a bullet, put it in your brain Rip the block like a buckshot, who cares where it goes Just keep the castle closed, no remorse when the life is lost I paid my dues, paid the cause And my pockets are still fat, wherever I'm at I get the wealth of math Even if my crew is steep, one deep high track, attention people like to feed So come say hi to the bad guy, don't say goodbye, I don't plan to die I get loose, and I got troops, and crazy juice. Ain't control of many, like I am totally remaining. Hang out with Spicka west. do not try to play me. I'm at war a lot, I like don't the die. But no war in the shop, my gun is warm a lot. When I could be, the smoke will never clear. Areas in fear, I just hear some fear. Living life too close to the edge, hoping that I know the ledge. No time to yawn Shower's on Power's on Late for school I catch the train Girl, set the style And whisper my name I push up like an exercise Check the intellect And inspect the thighs Select the best one Pull it to the side Keep it occupied For the rest of the vibe Read up my resume She know I'm ready cool Just meet me after school We can moan and groan Until your mom's come home, And you'll be calling me out, dope, Capone Sweat me She didn't want to let me Loose, come get me That's if you want to sip The juice, cuss the tree So I take my gun off safety Cause a lot of us hate me coming out of the building They set me up, sprayed with automatics They wet me up in the puddle with blood I lay close to the edge I guess I didn't know the ledge